Where's the jam? Blast bonk. I need the jam. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 141. I am your host, Anthony Trapani, and as always, I am joined by my resident homies. I got Joel Horner, Casey Howard, and Joseph K, aka The Professor, with me tonight. What up, y'all? Hello, Hello, guys. And uh, also joined by... Machete Eddie, aka Eddie Hoffman. What's going on, Eddie? Hey, what's up? It's a pleasure, hey, old brother. <clears throat> Thanks for uh, joining us tonight, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you've actually been, you know, in the back of my mind as somebody that I definitely wanted to get on the show. Just things get crazy, and now we were finally able to make it happen. So, yes, sir, that's what's up, dude. Thanks for being with us. Hell yeah, I'm definitely stoked about it, and. Yes, I've been hoping that you guys would give me the call one day, but I actually kind of yeah. gave up. I was like, you, man, maybe I'm not cold enough. But. Hey, dude, you <laughs> you're cool reached out to us uh, and been a little more pushy with it. But no, yeah, we talked to, I talked to him a little bit about it, and he was like, man, I'm super down. Fucking let's do it. And then like, uh, we hit you up, and he's like, dude, I've been fucking hoping you would ask. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, cool, dude. And you actually have your own podcast, too, right? I do. Um it was a 10 episode. I'm about to do the 10th one here, here probably next week. But okay. uh, it was just to kind of get the gist of the stories for a book. I didn't really know where the where it would uh, pan out podcast was. And uh, I might end up doing another one where I have more guests and stuff. But yeah, it was more or less just to get ideas for a book because uh, I've been trying to do that for most of my life now. So That's cool, dude. Almost there. That's actually, oh, yeah. uh, I've, I've heard of that tactic in other... Um, like realms like there's tim dylan he's a co- a comedian oh, yeah. who does his podcast solo and he does it just to build bits or whatever like see if he can m- mine bits out of his stream of consciousness thinking you know that's well, kind of like you said earlier with the story we were talking about you're like oh i haven't thought about that in 10 years or whatever yeah I mean, things are just stuck some they're they're yeah it's it's i mean Little gems are in the mountain, and you need to dig them out. Yeah, and it takes other people too, other people who were there to be like, "Yeah, blah blah blah," and you're like, "Oh shit, he did get punched in the face or whatever." (laughs) Jogging, jogging the memory, yeah, definitely. Or, or not only jogging the memory, but like um, correcting a memory because you can remember it differently. For like, I've had memories uh, where like my best friend is like, "You did that," I'm like, "Bullshit, you did that." (laughs) I I thought you did it. I think it's like the, so a memory is really only as good as the last time you told it. So however you told it the last time, things can be like misconstrued and changed in your own brain, dude. All right. Yeah, so I definitely I watched it. Well, I watched a thing not to go too hard on it, but like it's talking about like how memories are only like 60 percent correct. <laughs> like usually like because you kind of I don't know, certain things kind of stand out more 
and other things and you, you kind actually of like um emphasize um, those yeah you glory it's like you kind of glorify certain aspects of a memory and then it makes those things more potent and then also you're kind of backing yourself in certain memories so you might like up yourself 10 15 percent in an argument like yeah i got them way harder your brain's always shitting out memories so i mean like self-preservation type stuff dude you know it's like if you see joel in the crowd you don't remember everybody stuff. else in the crowd you just remember joel's face so, i mean you, you forget like all the other shit mike gilbert in the house <laughs> what is am i getting uh i got likes uh the lighting looks weird yeah all right let's do some uh plugs and shit real quick while Ooh. mike's setting up some oh there you go oh, look at look that good. jesus that this, nice cool this, background good call mike see you mike, this is good, dude. Dude, i come here I, a genius person when i do it at the shop i'm peeing in bottles i'm using battery operated <laughs> lights like you have your broken headset yeah right in here it's like there's weed there's fucking lighting there's a monitor that looks like almost like joel's not as cool as joel's no i'm just joking joel you have like a three computer wide monitor yeah. monitor don't mine's you? too much i'm gonna it's definitely got, downsize right yeah it's like yeah it's just a humongous ultra wide and two on top so it's like this whole like fucking just connection to my brain just like fucking like <laughs> it's too much dude <laughs> like it's too right. overwhelming we're we're let's let's let it run off the courses after some plugs all right battleforge coffee rocking the shirt right now as i'm saying this that's our homies our brothers and deeds of flesh they got a coffee company and it's quality coffee eddie have you uh tried any battleforge yet i have not you should i know it you up dude we'll figure something out but you guys uh all you listeners and watchers out there, go support the underground death metal dudes that actually sourced and do their coffee properly. And they got swag and shit too. Over here, we got swag at calideathpodcast.bigcartel.com. Still got a couple of designs in there for you. Right behind Joseph, by the way, watching this live. If you order during the show, you'll watch Joseph scramble to get your package ready to go. Um, that just happened and um shout out uh kelsey yeah. who bought a shirt like awesome five seconds ago hell yeah, yeah. Shout out actually kelsey. he bought he bought a t-shirt he purchased a t-shirt order so i'm gonna pack a nice, nice dude nice fat, awesome. fat got the, sack for the him. full spectrum the the combo deal dude well, and then not, we don't have a combo deal but <laughs> he got the combo get <laughs> the combo he got the xl combo uh, and shout out Tyler who got a shirt earlier today. Uh, I'm gonna just work on that order right now. Um, and also shout out Joe Howard who bought a shirt off me uh, at a live event where I brought shirts to sell, which I think is the first time I've brought shirts to shows and tours now, uh, but hadn't sold one off like the off the the merch bar until he bought one. So shout out Joe Howard, looking really cool in that. Wonder if he's related to you, Casey uh we had him on the fucking episode bro joe howard he was like 40 or so around with his last name <laughs> okay <laughs> okay but you know him he, he did. yes he, i do he know hung him. Out with him. <laughs> good cool. um and just shout out to narcotic wasteland and gorgatron and tegmentum for a fun show friday that was really fun hell yeah, hell yeah. i'm playing with them 
uh, next weekend. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Nice. that we got to talk uh, about that a little bit tonight. The Gorgatron, mm-hmm. it was looking, uh, they weren't able to make it with their van and then they ran a successful GoFundMe and were able to fix their van and get on the road and finish the tour. So, wow. Nice. Yeah. I'm just uh, saying, shout out to uh, I hit- the underground for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you want to what? I want to hear about that show and everything, Joseph, tonight at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to hear I'll, a little rundown. I'll, I'll say real fast that um, uh, the other band that supported locally Innominate from LA area are very, very sick, like just kind of classic death metal, brutal death metal, very, very fucking rad band. Definitely want to play more with them. Um, and then Tegmentum nailed it for their first, you know, second, that was their second show ever. Uh, had some tech issues, recovered, fucking went on to blow tech our minds. Issues? Yeah, tech issues? Yeah, Technical difficulties. <laughs> like, uh, the bands have like an IT guy now. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're fucking so tech. He like runs out, he's all stressed out. Like. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, there were plenty of jokes made that night. Um, and then uh, Narcotic Wasteland was really fucking fun and uh you know i would if i had the choice to see nile or narcotic live these days it would be a tough choice given that how how narcotic just played i was impressed so yeah damn those are some big words and well i mean if you listen to narcotics music dude you could tell that shit's precise gnarly Mm -hmm. yeah and seeing that live and with dallas on stage i'm sure it was fucking rip they had a pit the entire set like 30 yeah. minutes of straight pitting they play one slow song and it stopped and then they picked it up and they just kept started up and then it's probably cool seeing kenji up there too yeah kenji's amazing fucking he's amazing always fun to player. watch dude yep yep and um uh joe my old friend who i toured with five years ago six years ago to see him playing the narcotic stuff just swiveling all crazy good drummer very cool guy nice oh, yep. yeah good stuff uh yeah let me just finish this out by plugging the next show for me which is with dreamer uh later this month august 25th it's a friday at program skate shop in fullerton it's a tiny tiny room with cyborg octopus and Callius and ricky avocado 420 will be there is this the first dreamer live performance no we played live in march this is the second is there is there is it still instrumental no, we have a vocalist. He performed okay. with us at the first show. Yeah, I know that. I was just seeing if you knew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like, like for the sake of getting me to talk about it. He was like, testing you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I remember seeing like uh, practices or something you guys are posting with the vocalist. Uh, what's his? What's he about? What's his name? What's? Oh, his name's Chris. He's uh, not Chris Beatty, but Chris Davis. Um, he okay. actually has since moved back to Ohio, where he is originally from. But he's flying. He already has his plane ticket to fly out to the show or to to join us for the day of the show and and rehearsals right before it. So um, okay. yeah, he he was working at SpaceX. So he's one of those Whoa. dudes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what dude? Like, is he like in the cafeteria he's, he's or a... is he a fucking <laughs> like rocket scientist? Like, he's, who are we talking about here? He's a. I think he's like an X-ray tech. So he works on some part of the manufacture and like maintenance of the the, the crafts that they show up throw up there so sure yeah Sick. not 
somewhere in between those two extremes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's a rad guy, amazing guitarist as well as vocalist. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys get to meet him someday. So he'll be on here at some point, I promise. Yeah, nice. I'm super down. Fuck yeah. All right, well, that's the update. So uh, thanks for the coffee. Plug. Oh, oh, we merch. did the coffee. We did us. Um, I just want to say that thanks to Chicago Domination Fest for letting us be a sponsor. And uh, you guys had a rad weekend, I'm sure. I was and, there. Uh, you were there? And so you'll be able to give us first nice. account. I, I, okay. I, yeah. Tell us. Tell us how it was. Tell us how it was. But first, That's... is there anything? Is there any? you want to plug eddie do you want to plug your podcast or any other current bands that you're um in? i'll probably hit it all along the way and then replug it at the end okay cool so, cool, cool. totally fine dude then let's just jump into it dude how was uh your chicago domination fest experience okay. pros and cons uh once again migraine i, I bad headaches man <clears throat> so is so that from re- getting pummeled by extreme metal i just get them dude uh barometric pressure a lot of time gives me the worst ones so if a storm rolls in it'll just there's almost nothing i can do about it uh Uh, do you have ocular migraines have you you fucked with those at all like because that's the only migraines i get where i can't see you fucked with with those normal ones no but i can't see like i I just started getting them a few years ago and i literally it's like it, it looks the same as if you stared at the sun for 10 20 seconds and you're just like you can't see anything i remember yeah been like in the middle of like shopping for groceries and i'm just like i have to leave i can't see yeah. anything like it's i have to sit in my car I, so it's yeah, all yeah. like spotty and just glowy almost like a trip yep. or something but in a bad way definitely <laughs> yep yep definitely but uh yeah it's you had one of those at the, at the fest you had one yeah uh, two out of the three days i had a headache i would yes. just like go to the room power nap come back i only caught probably half the bands i missed fucking origin and like so many fucking good bands but Damn. I got to rub elbows with my homies and shit. I mean, that's kind of the point of the fest is just the, the high fives or whatever. So I got to see a lot of homies. and It wasn't a waste, but it did suck. And my friend, uh, so I co-promote The Heathen House. That's uh, the shows that we throw in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. He has a really, he has like 200 acres of land, big old tree house and like all this. He's been building these fests up for a few years now. So that's, that's who I was there with. We are kind of representing The Heathen House. He was having chest problems. He mm-hmm. kept thinking he was having like a heart attack or something. And we're like, dude, chill out. You're just nervous or whatever. But oh, uh, Thursday he was fucked up. Exactly. Friday he was fucked up. And Saturday he was just like, guys, I'm sorry, but I need to go home. Because it's like a 10-hour drive. So he didn't want to be stuck mm-hmm. in Chicago fucking, you know, pinned up with yeah. news and shit. So we skipped the third day. That sucked. But it was still great. Now, that was the negative shit. As far yeah. as the show, everything Miguel did perfect dude it was great venue the crowd was insane obviously the lineup was sick uh the sound people were complaining it wasn't loud enough i actually like it when it's not booming loud you know i, I prefer yeah. a good mix plus i had a headache so yeah, it was like loud enough where you could actually kind of hands all day people. too it makes it a little more sustainable sure. if you turn down the volume a little bit i guess so do you have any interest i mean uh, any knowledge into why because, I mean, it is kind of cool to have, like, a success- successful festival and then just go, like, all right, last one, bye. But, like, why is it ending at such a Yeah, he's going to move it to where he's going to be. He's It's now, where it's is Texas. he moving to, Eddie? Uh, Texas. Texas. I'm not sure what part. Um, I think he's helping you know, Thick Nick Taylor or whatever from uh, 
Revival's vocalist. He's got Gordon Hart as Exos. I think he's kind of helping with that. I think. Don't quote okay. me on that. But I think it's he's in that area and he's kind of rubbing elbows with, with him. Still too. being a, a decade in one spot, though, you know, it's kind of like, fuck. I mean, I don't Chicago. see, you know, Matt Bishop was there with the Human Artifacts and like, I was standing behind him at one point. He had the fucking Mersey on. And I'm like, this must be so crazy to him to <laughs> like not be involved. And like, because he built that shit, you know? Yeah. Those were like, to me, the, the best fests. I mean, I didn't go to all of them, but great memories about CIM, you know? So I, yeah. I hated to see that go. And it had very strong CIM vibes for obvious reasons. I mean, same mm-hmm. location, basically. Same crowd, basically. So, I mean, it was really fucking sick, dude. Uh, nothing bad I can say about the sound, the crowd, uh, anything. It was really great. Killer. Hell I'm yeah. glad that that's how it went down, dude. I just hit I missed, you know, Origin mainly. I've seen him a thousand times, but they're my favorite band. So. Yeah. Yeah. Origin. <laughs> Anytime you're in Origins in town, you definitely. You got it. I always try and make it a point to yes. see it, you know. I love Origin. Just get your I have, kicked. It's like oh, just like I want to get my ass kicked for fun. This is like that's what I, I, have come to like, I just want to get brutalized. So oh, I have come to the conclusion though that I like John Longstreth from front of house. Like he doesn't usually have his kicks, you know, loud behind him. So mm-hmm. you just kind of see his hands going. And obviously it's great. But when you're in front of house and you hear the fucking kick the whole time, I mean it's like oh, it's unbelievable. Man. Like it's to people who don't know like the techniques and stuff. It seems impossible. There's like no fucking because I felt that way about Informus when I heard that shit. I was like, Yeah, what the fuck is going on? You know, fuck yeah, dude. Doing like a two-handed it. thing and like somehow fucking accenting. No, uh, dude. We <laughs> we we talked about that, and that's super important. Like when Informus, Infinitus, Informus, you whatever came out, dude. That was like that was the the album. Like we were just like, what oh, yeah. the fuck is everybody this? was. Yeah, out on that, no, dude. that was before any like a lot of stuff, you know. The big yeah. level up. That's There's like no about. denying how yeah. impressive Origin. It even if it's not your style, like the first time you come across a uh, a band that shows you what's possible in extreme metal. At the time that we came across Origin, that was the number one band for me. Was like, dude. Yeah. Not only are the boundaries like way farther than I thought they are, they're very fucking far. And here's a version of somebody who can actually hit them. You know, it's like also it literally was just grind in the in the the most grinding sense, like filtered through death metal that I could yeah. think of. You know, it wasn't just the drums though. Like James Lee's vocals, the the rappy style, yeah, the totally, yeah. stuff. The, Mike Flores' bass, like it. So oh, most like definitely, I'm talking about the band as a whole so when I say that. Like every single member of that band, we like love those every single person. Yeah, like you know, for me, the first time seeing them live was definitely it was the bass, dude. Oh yeah, I was that was standing, like, I was, standing, like, I was well, staying like standing up, looking at him. I could just see him directly. I was I was under 21, so I couldn't go in, but I could stand at the stairs. And I was oh, looking yeah. down and I was watching the techniques. I was like, "What is so that? A- like, what's even going on? Like, this yeah. is the most insane bass player I've ever seen." Like, oh fuck, just, yeah, just, just like just all this twitching and all the shit that he does. I'm just like, all right, because uh, hey, that him and also you know like yeah. John Longstreth like fucking fucked shit up for us. Or <laughs> like, I just, just think like, what? impressive is like the person perfect word for everybody in that band. Like, I was so so impressed with how 
those dudes come together as a unit and they're just this like unstoppable sounding like technical Walls. wall of sound that would just yeah. literally knock you over you know echoes of decimation like, you know some bass players kind of like look like they're doing some crazy shit but they're kind of sloppy they're turned down in the mix if you stand in front of yeah. mike you hear like the he's fucking nailing he's playing hard well joel do you remember like like when we played at the aptos club with them mm-hmm and that was like just like this local, like basically like in, in our hometown kind of show. It's a, a small club called like the Aptos Club, and we did these shows there. And it's like a super kind of like intimate place. We're like Origins coming, and we're just like, what the fuck? You know, we like pl- got to play with them and stuff. And I remember the first time we like saw them, and like they played, and it was a James. That's where, I met, that's where I met you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like we like that night we were saying like Mike, Mike Flores, right? There's like, dude, his bass playing was like insane. Like, we're just right there. There's like small club, just like it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Was actually, that? Uh, was that I'm sorry, I was. I wasn't in the band for the, when we played. Did we play? No, we did play with Origin together. Oh no, at, at the Pound. I don't know about a Santa Cruz. And I think it was. Yeah, I think it might joined. have been before. Yeah. yeah, we're doing live bagging in the background. Oh, yeah. shit. oh god! Here but just go. one thing to tell you wait, about. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do a Mike's... shout out for the live bagger. We already did. But... Oh, it was <laughs> Mike-ism. We're gonna go. It was um. <laughs> this one's for Tyler. <laughs> it felt like a weird like birthday party vibe. Just something. It's like this one goes out to Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Tyler, dude. I mean, but dude, just for Mike, Mark, Mark, from Mark, Mike Flores, Mark Flores, Mike Flores. Um, yeah, he, he toured with them and stuff. And I got to use a couple gigs where I got to use his bass rig, and it was wow. like, and it was loud as fuck. It was loud as fuck. I mean, to the point where like <clears throat> Matt was just like, like, hey, dude, can you like turn down? Like, it's like because I remember I was like, fuck yeah, this is gonna be sick. And like Matt, because Matt was we switched sides, so usually Matt was like on his own, but me and Matt were together. There was a weird configuration we had. And it was right, we were right next to the bass amp. And it was just like, fucking, it was blasting. Like, I didn't touch anything on it because I didn't want to fuck with it at all. And uh, I just went directly. I mean, I used my little Sans amp thing, my little bass driver, to give it a little EQ so I could have it my sound a little bit. But uh, he had, it was fucking loud. It was like, you know, he does not hide in the mix at all. So that's yeah. one sick thing about about, about Mike. Where did the Sans amp uh, come from because i remember all you bass players getting sans amps and where what's the origin um of the, i mean it was amp? the origin for me origin for me was uh fucking uh origin? derek right. boyer was just like derek boyer was like you gotta get a sans derek amp. origin no derek uh derek origin boyer <laughs> um no he had uh he had to definitely like talk us all into it he was like this is what you gotta get you you know it's the sickest and i mean it got to a point where I was like, I did like the, the old or the new school method of just going like we play summer slaughter or something, and I was just getting lazy, and I'm like, just put my bass to the monitors. I'd have my sands up on the like for like fifteen hundred people. I just put my sands up there and just plug it in front of house, and then it would just go to the speakers out front so everyone can hear it. But like there was no bass amp on stage because <laughs> I was just I would just sit there and just be like fuck it, just plug it in, and it was like all right, mm-hmm. it works. Brum, brum, brum. All right, we're good. I'm like because <laughs> that's what people usually hear. I mean, the thing that sucks about that is that I, there was just so much fucking equipment on 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 Summer Slaughter that I was just like, I don't even want to fucking deal with this. We're like the fourth or fifth band. I don't want to like, I don't want to like have. There's literally 
12 band shit everywhere so you know? do you so, get the bass in your monitors like like the i would just monitors? have it so i could hear myself it sounded like ass but as far as going to the front of the house it sounded good but the only but thing that like, talks like, about it like on stage was it on the stage monitors like, like yeah yeah like that's what i'm saying it was but yeah. it was like just a little twangy thing for them like yeah. it was not like uh, bass yeah. Yeah. but like okay. which is like how a lot of bass players nowadays i mean guitar players now like if you go they're all direct in with your in-ear monitors and stuff so like if you stand up completely up to the stage you can barely hear you can only hear drums but like fuck yeah look at that bagging um you can only hear drums but like there's no be, there's no air being pushed Gosh. on stage so like you can't if you're right up front you can't hear any guitar or anything you know it's like if you have to stand right behind the speaker so you can hear guitar coming in but uh i hear a guitar coming in do you <laughs> i know <laughs> it's like standing in front of the stage right now right before when we were talking that would be like right in front of the stage i wonder who wrote this song he definitely sold it or i don't want to say it was a dude but it sounds like a dude writing a song <laughs> yeah well, <I've, laughs> uh, like the whole song at least you know <laughs> yeah it's one of those uh those patentless songs where they're just sort of like there's no trademark or whatever oh oh yeah like our logo get on our desk guys come on dude i literally i want to hear his origin a lot right now but we need to hear eddie's origin story all right i usually mute for that um eddie let's get into your story brother and anthony will do his yeah dude i mean the question you know you're a listener so you know how far you got to take it back for us as, as early as you can, dude. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's start with my parents. Actually, let me go grab something real quick. Right here. All right. Uh, so, family. Uh, my dad effective. is a famous reggae keyboard player. Oh, oh Killer Bees. Damn. Gleam off of it. So he's this guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where am I at? Where is he on the is left or right? Yeah, that guy. Damn it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Here he is, right there. Damn, Murray with a wig on. You already. But, uh, maybe first up, I love reggae, dude. So I want to already check out your dad, all of your dad's stuff. Yeah, the, um, this is the '80s, so it wasn't easy to like tour and shit. That's why I respect what he did so much. Is like they toured the world with a manager and a label, like the way you're supposed to, you know, and uh, had a huge like success story but also uh crack came out on on the scene in the 80s mm -hmm. and uh, they all started smoking crack and it all, <laughs> it all went downhill so it's, oh, uh, it's uh, crap it was sad <laughs> but he's still kicking he's 70 years old he plays gigs he sleeps with girls half his age he's still like doing this doing the shit you know so uh, i hated him a lot of my life but he's he's good he, he's hilarious yeah. he's super talented uh he, he's an insane keyboard player like he's the best I've ever seen. So you guys are in touch now. You guys are. Yeah, good. we're in a band. We're in a reggae band together. Thick, uh, bro. Uh, me and him and my brother. Because that's so what that it's band. all about, dude. I mean, I know like, like relationship shit can definitely get weird for a long time, but the fact that you can go through the darkness and then still end up with you know some kind of a relationship. That's that's. Yeah. There's no, it's a really beautiful that. thing because he's he has. That dude has stories. I mean, he has done some crazy shit. He's a maybe, maybe we need to have him on. Dude, dude you should. <laughs> I mean, it's. I had one episode where uh, me, him, and my brother were talking about some shit. So you uh -huh. could tune into that um, and get a piece of it. But by the way, what? Where can we tune in to go see uh, that? 
Right. The Hired Gun is my podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Only nine episodes in right now. I've been kind of, I don't do it every week like you guys. I just kind of do it when I feel like it. But uh, That's mm -hmm. all good. <laughs> uh, long, it, making shit is just making shit. You just make it however long, how long it takes, how long it takes. We The consistency of the show is literally just because there's four of us that keep us, eat everybody in check and in line. And, <laughs> and then it started rolling the way that it is. But now... That's Let's a lot of words to say, Casey Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Casey was Casey definitely will be like, "What's going on, dude?" On no, Monday, think... Monday or Tuesday, like, "Hey, dude, what's who's so?" If there's, if there's no like planned guests because we plan a lot ahead, so it's like when there's like a something that we forgot, we're like, "Oh shit, uh, are we doing it this week or what's going on?" <laughs> yeah, like, that's happened. But the group text, it works. I didn't mean to steer it away from Eddie, but I that just made me think about that. Just like the. It, People can make it however they want to make it, but we just like the good thing was for us was just like keeping it a weekly thing. It was like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we'll it is tough. that on the Tally Death Podcast Part Two episode whenever <laughs> bananas. <laughs> yes, bananas. We'll call it bonanzas. Bonanzas. God damn it! All right, Eddie, back to you, dude. Okay, so yes. dad, success in the eighties and nineties. My mom is from Nova Scotia, she's Canadian. She's back in Canada now. So at the time she came to Texas or no, I'm not sure how that all played out. My brother was born in Hawaii. So like before the Killer Bees, my dad had a band called Teaser in Hawaii. It was kind of like a 80s rock band, I guess. They had mm -hmm. albums and shit, or an album. Uh, but yeah, my, my brother was born there. He's seven years older. He's like super sick drummer. So I, I never actually wanted to be a drummer. I wanted to be a martial artist, the greatest martial artist. So I, I really didn't yeah. get serious about drums until I was like 15. Uh, although I did play, like I, there's pictures of me playing when I was like three. I could go boom, pop, boom, pop, da, 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 da. But uh, my brother was like, you know, all over the kit. So I didn't want to be the like younger brother that kind of plays drums too. I wanted to kind of have my own path. But uh, he never did double bass drumming, so. Once I discovered origin and shit, I just kind of, there was like a two year period where I just, because I'm also grew up in the trailer park, like super poor, but I guess I'm kind of jumping around. Um, let me back up again. <laughs> oh, that's all good. All right. So, <laughs> Canadian mom, reggae, rock star dad. Uh, brothers born, they moved to Austin. That's where I was born. So I guess there was a, a run there where everything was great. They were making lots of money, all that kind of shit. But when I was born, it all started going downhill. So by the time I was three, I had to leave, and my grandma raised me from that point on. Things got pretty bad. So, yeah, I'm like three or four. Me and my brother moved to Shreveport, Louisiana. My grandma raised me. She's a saint, but mm -hmm. very poor, like the whole time. So fast forward to, you know, 15 or whatever. And I'm like, listen to origin and shit. I couldn't afford drums. So I would just, uh, in trailers, they have their air vents under the, like, like a vent on the floor. So it's like hollow floor. So I'd sit in my bathroom and like do double bass. Cause you could hear the, da -da -da -da, you know, and I'd get my yeah. CD case and I would just listen to origin and just flat trying to just keep up, you know, it was like sloppy as shit. But a few months later, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm starting to get the hang of it. So uh, I had a band like 
I knew. Wait, Eddie, before you keep going, because you said fast forward to 15 from three, that I don't like that fast True. forward. That's okay, kind of okay, okay. too well, far for me. And, and actually, you know, with your brother, too, we just got, I want to, uh, how, how you discovered, like, how you made your connection with your music, with music in general or art or whatever. Okay. And then, I mean, I'm guessing your brother had something to do with how you were getting into the sure. more underground stuff so i i'd like to hear about that too You're right okay um let me think about this for a second so yeah i was big into martial arts so i was actually national champion one year but damn um, national champion of uh 10 year old yellow belts <laughs> so i did have to do like a bracket and go to baton rouge and do a big thing so it was somewhat impressive but it wasn't like the kumite versus one thing we're all fighting each other it's like 50 people sparring at once you know, but it was cool. Uh, but I had lots of trophies and was doing really well. And uh, I remember my karate dojo had like a party with other dojos. And it was like UFC 9, I think. It was Ken Shermark and Kimo. Oh, fuck yeah. And it was also like David versus Goliath. So I had like a lot of like little dudes versus big dudes. And I don't know how familiar you guys are, but Gary Goodridge, he fought on that card. He just, Raymond Herrera was the studio's fighting. He just like elbowed the shit out of him like 15 times. It was like so fucking brutal. But yeah. uh, at that point, you can't, there's not like a job for karate or martial arts or anything. So like in my brain, I'm like, dude, 10 years from now, I'll be fucking like, right. Cause I was already doing judo, jujitsu, kung fu, kajikembo, somewhat mixed martial arts in like 94. Like when that started, there, there wasn't even an mm -hmm. MMA. That was no holds barred at that point. So like I already kind of had a leg up on, MMA or whatever, uh, especially with the judo, like we shared with the judo class. So like I had a really good hip toss and all that shit. And I got some stories with that, but um, yeah. So that's honestly, that skips through. I didn't like music, man, until I discovered metal. Like my brother would jam like Billy Cobham and, and like West Coast hip hop and shit, but I just didn't. And then the reggae, I didn't dig either because it's just like my dad's band and it, doesn't go that yeah. hard. <laughs> it actually does, but did you connect with any of the West Coast hip hop that your brother was? I do with? now, like a motherfucker. But uh Hell at yeah. the time it was you know, I was pretty young. It was like Ninja Turtles and Bloodsport and all that. So literally <laughs> that, no no music. Sounds back like then, my though. childhood right there too. Ninja Turtles and Bloodsport. Oh <laughs> yeah, me too. I know. <laughs> They kicks the kneecap off and you're just like, damn, when you're a kid. Oh, yeah, like, dude. <laughs> dude, that was like the part where you like rewind like a bunch. And the, like broken glass and like. So that's kickboxer. So oh, sorry. That oh, guy man. that kicked his knee or like got his knee kicked, that's actually Tong Po from kickboxer. That's the bad guy from kickboxer. It's the same guy. Oh, okay. That's why it gets mixed and up. And they were like homies from France or wherever the fuck. Belgium or so back when you when you were doing uh like martial arts and stuff you so you said you weren't into music at all so you just never listened you wouldn't listen to it at all i just didn't really get it I, I mean i don't dance you know so like i just i mean i would hear it but mm -hmm. I, I think the first time i felt any kind of like oh i kind of like this and it's cheesy as fuck but uh like goo goo dolls and matchbox 20 Kind of oh, yeah no i went through the whole alternative <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah for sure. and i was pretty fucking young at that point but uh, yeah. Then uh, you remember "Say What" karaoke on MTV? I, I do. But the dude was doing a uh, Inner Sandman, and I was like, "Damn, dude, riffs fucking heavy," you know. And that was the yeah, first yeah. thing, like, "Oh shit!" I think kind of like rock music a little bit. 
and it just mm-hmm. kind of went from like Godsmack and Limp Biscuit and Power Man 5000, that, that whole thing yeah. to mm-hmm. hate breed and like burn it down and certain hardcore bands to like God like, forbid. I was just like searching for you know something and then fucking deicide, skinless, dying fetus, origin. That was like kind so of you a discovered all that on your own. Uh, well, cancer horror was my. It started as all my best friends, and I was like the new guy. So they were all jamming. Okay, back up again. So ninth grade. So middle school is all new metal and shit. Mudbane, Slipknot. I'm, I'm kind of there where I'm like Fear Factory. I'm trying to find heavier shit, but it wasn't easy to find. Yeah. So uh, my singer, who became my singer, he was on on my bus, and he had Fear Factory on his backpack. I'm like, oh shit. I know Fear Factory, and he's like, "You know him, Sugar?" I'm like, "No." He's like, or "Whatever." You know? So <laughs> he had a drum set, double bass kit. He lived like a mile or two from my house, so we became friends. I started walking his house. I eventually got better than him, and I got better than the, the good guy in the group. So we all just kind of shifted, and he started doing vocals. But that's where Cancer Horde, like that's been around as long as i've listened to metal pretty much i had the logo drawn up and all that shit before i had a kit which reminds me okay so i'm in the trailer park jamming in my bathroom listening to origin all right so i need a drum set my uh my grandma's brother i guess whatever that is (laughs) um he was in a hospital and his wife died or his girlfriend died in in their little trailer so they're all pilled out and shit he's all fucked up she was dead in there for like two weeks. So like oh, the neighbors were like, yo, somebody's dead in there. You know, so me and my grandma had to clear out that trailer, which just eventually got demolished because the smell, dude, was like yeah, yeah, insane. Not yeah, only dead body, but like weird smell, dead rats, man. trash, dirty dishes, mold on everything. It was like just like a trap house, moldy before she died. So then it's like, it's like hoarder, hoarders with a dead body in it. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> Instead of dead cats, so, it's a human. So yeah, I yeah. think I made like 450 bucks or like maybe 600 cleaning all that shit okay. out. And that's how I got my first kit. So I go to the local drum store and I'm like, oh, these fucking drums are expensive as fuck. I can't even afford this stuff. And some Christian dude came in. Hey, you looking for drums? I'm, I got these in my car. And it was Pearl Export. He took fucking great care of them. Shiny, you know, 400 bucks. I think I got them for a couple stands, a couple shitty symbols. And that's how it all started, I guess. But. All yeah. I could really do was da 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 da. My double bass sucked. I would do like the the flow gallop thing, the da 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 thing for double mm-hmm. bass, and I would just do like blast beats. And then, uh, yeah, double bass wasn't really. It took me a minute, man. Some people just have them twitchy ass feet. And it's <laughs> just like natural, but right. it took me a long fucking time. Can I just put this real quick say that that's like the most death metal way to start getting into music? Just like <laughs> you go clear out a dead body, and you get money. <laughs> And then you get drums from it, and then like, yeah, then you start playing death metal. <laughs> I no, think that's the gnarliest story. Yeah, that's uh, the gnarliest death metal story. I don't know for like getting started into death metal. That's like you like cleaned up death, and they're like, mm-hmm. here's money to go play mm-hmm. death. And you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not like your your mom and dad took you to Guitar Center and said, pick one out, honey. And you're just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skipping to whichever one you want. No. You had to move a corpse to fucking get a uh, your your snare out from underneath it, <laughs> and it was bad. And then you find it, and you're like, "Wait, I want to play in a band, dude." That's all based on this exact imagery. Hey, right? You you are more of a gory style of death metal, dude, right? Like I've my my whole time knowing you has been like more gore, like yeah. uh, 
just like the ideas of stuff we talked about on tour. His name is like Machete Eddie. What do you think he uses? And Machete Eddie. That's a, that's how, I thought it was like a garbage bill kid. With? No, he's acting fucking jugular. So. <laughs> so I will say yeah. that I probably have the most morbid brain of anyone that I've ever met. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I can't even like speak freely. Just because I just I'm so surprised to. <laughs> I remember that. I'm here with you, dude. I remember. <laughs> um, but oh, shit, I had another point. The summer celebratory, man. That was a uh, so fucking sick. Oh yeah, we'll definitely get there. Yeah, so we want to get. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, so you get we... the drum set, so you get the stands and stuff, and you start jamming. And uh, start the band. So you, you you got the... the first day I start playing. The, the manager comes in, cut that shit out. You hear it all the way down hmm. the fucking road. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, dude. So uh, I would have to like bring it to a friend's house in order to jam. So I still was kind of just practicing my CD case or at my friend's house. Singer, his name's Jared. Uh, so, I mean, I wasn't really anything special. Matter of fact, I think when I got the kit, I wasn't the drummer for Cancer Horde yet. Okay, it's coming back to me. So the guitarist, Jeff, we had a band. We had a few names we were tossing around before Cancer Horde. But it was just like, like Lamb of God-ish, I guess. And then he had a band with Jared on drums, the singer. Like I said, we kind of shifted at a certain point. And they would just, he was rolling in the like, what was like, Unearth, I guess? Or I don't know. Remember mm-hmm. there was a point where all the bands were like, dun, 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 yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like kept just doing those kind of beats. Like, like Chimera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he would get zoned out and just like in his own world, nothing would happen. And he'd go smoke and yeah. me and Jeff would start writing a song. So eventually it was like, fuck it, we should jam. You know, mm-hmm. that was how Cancer Horse started. And then we were jamming on our own somewhere else. And he came in. We were trying to do like none so vile. I'm sure if I look, go back, it's sloppy as fuck. But we're attempting none, uh, not none so vile, the uh, Bobo file. Mm-hmm. And so he comes in, grabs the mic, comes in with the, the highs. He, he pretty much did like a Glenn Benton version of Lord Worm. It was like this shit. That's cool. And uh, we all were just like, dude, you're the fucking singer now. You know, and it just kind of, this guy started playing bass and then we got started. And we had a good run. There was like a three-year thing. It was the same when Decapitated was kind of, so we're almost like yep. the same age as them and we're just kind of doing a similar thing. But uh, like I said, I'm from the trailer park, so they started fucking doing drugs and People getting pregnant and fucking all that dumb shit. So at, at mm. that point was when I was going to fuck with Anomalous. I don't know if y'all saw that Anomalous video from forever ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I did a Revelations oh, yeah. cover. It was like 15, 16 years ago or something. And I was kind of going to go to Cali. Like I was, I didn't have shit really holding me back. But I needed some kind of help. I mean, like, you know, place to stay maybe. Or, and I remember Nate, that just seemed like a, a far step at that point for we were all pretty young but uh i had made that video and i started getting making some noise on youtube because there weren't a lot of definable drum videos on youtube at that point and i did the first tour um with prophecy in 2007 so that was my first like out of high school did a tour and it was a month month european tours like fucking insane i I need to prophecy from texas yeah yeah I saw them with Defeated Sanity and uh, um, Malignancy like, what, three months ago? Two months ago? They are killing oh, it yeah. now. They're sure. still going. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking cool. Um, and they're huge in Europe. They, they started same as Devourment. So, like, there's always been, like, a Devourment prophecy. Who started Slam? 
battle kind of debate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, they're uh, like the internal bleeding, right? Versus suffocation on that, I would say. Right. Yeah. So in Dallas, I mean, things have changed. Like I said, there's like fucking 2007, but at that point, they're pretty hated. The, the guy James is like just not for everyone. And then devourment, everybody loves devourment. So, I mean, and also they were my good friends. So when I said, hey, I'm going to play for Prophecy, they were kind of like, what? You know, like <laughs> European tour, was, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, so they're huge in Europe. Like it's it's a total contrast. Uh, and like I said, they, they are doing better now. New band, they sound great. It's been a long time. But uh, it was weird how much people didn't really like them in their hometown and then you go to like fucking germany and it's just like ah but uh anyway that tour was went wrong a lot there was like, <laughs> so many things i mean i have a podcast obviously i can't really just go into so much detail on every little step but yeah, yeah. there was a lot of miscommunication like money wise so like four years with a like, band money so you know stenic from uh, godless truth <laughs> Uh-huh. He's like a big promoter in Europe. He was our bus driver. We did the tour with Rotness and Carl Decay from Switzerland. And Halil from Rotness. Between him and James, I guess there was just some miscommunication. I don't know. But uh we didn't bring even close to enough money. And uh three days in, it was like we thought we were gonna like give like 150 bucks a piece and then that would be good, but it was like no, like 150 a day and we're like oh fuck so we're just trying to make 150 a day to keep going and it just it was like one thing after the other mm-hmm. guitar amp goes out and, and also to kind of paint a better picture james and stephanie so it was stephanie's his fiance she plays bass so they kind of have their thing brian was the singer he's kind of a weird guy didn't really no one really liked him and then it was like me and rottenness and carl decay we're all like Homies having a great, a great fucking time. So that's kind of the vibe of the tour was like this big group and then James and Stephanie. And then, so I'm like, that's still my team, you know? So when, whenever things would start getting nasty, I still have to like be on the Americans team. Cause that's like, <laughs> we, we had some face-offs throughout the tour basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to pull some money from my grandma, which was like she, on social security. We don't have no fucking money. But I pull all the extra money she has to get us through like an Austrian Austria show. And it's just like so much shit. I can't even like dive into all of it. But uh, by the end of it, I'm ready to fight this dude. I hate his guts. Um, fantasizing about if he says one little thing. And uh, we, we make it till the end and there's just all this shit. And uh, so there was a friend that in Germany. I'm like, hey, I'm in Germany one more day. Let's go hang out. We went and hung out. Came back, grabbed all my shit. We're in, uh, at the NRW, Vermal Scritchen, uh, Germany. I'm your familiar. AJZ. It's like probably my favorite place in the world. But uh, it's like a hub for death metal in Germany. So we leave there. We're going to Frankfurt, which is a two hour drive. And halfway there, I'm like, oh shit, I don't have my passport. Ah, oh, man, it must be in my luggage. I grabbed my shit. You know? And so we get yeah. to the airport. And I, I ain't got it. So, uh, Everybody's looking in their shit. It, it was at the AJC. So they, they messaged me on MySpace like two weeks later, like, yo, how'd you get home? So from that point, I spent three and a half days. I had already been up for 24 hours. 
trying to get to the embassy, trying to get a new passport with no money. I was hopping on trains. I, I was deliriously tired. I was already sick. I was like just spitting out yellow mucus. It was just fucking awful. Worst case scenario. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, if I were to get caught on a train, like they could fucking take me to jail. And I was so tired. I'd never been on a train, you know, system or whatever. So it should just look like Greek to me. I just oh, yeah. tired of it. A fucking headache. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting on this. Oh, well, let me say this. So once I realized that I had to go to the embassy, I found a cop who saw I had a necrophagist hoodie. So he was like, oh, you like metal? Said something about Bakken. And I'm like, yeah. We start talking. He's pretty cool. So he brings me in and prints out the train uh, setup or whatever and highlights like, hey, go here. Look for this. Get off here. Look for that. So I like these four little. So I remember it said S8 on it. So I would get to this certain place. And it's like S1 through S8. I'd go. I'd hop on the train. I'd be like, hey, is this going to the airport? Oh, no, you're on the wrong train. You got to get off and, you know, go on. I get off on the train. Go to the next one. Hey, is this at an airport? Oh, no, you're on the wrong train for hours. I just looping around, looping around. Eventually, after missing my flight, I realized S8 is like a train. There's like S S1 train, S2 train, S3, train, you know, and I'm hopping on S3 and going to Castle and S4 and going to fucking wherever the fuck. So I finally get on the right train, make it to the airport. And uh, I'm hoping like, hey, I got a temporary passport. Can I get on a flight? No, you need 800 bucks to get on a new plane. Jesus. So once again, just numerous things. This was like three whole days. Um, didn't get money more getting more crazy because i was pretty much gonna like attack a cop at, at that point and just go to jail and i'm assuming that they'd give me a phone call and some food because at that point it was like I, I got a cup from starbucks and was drinking german bathroom water for days that's the only thing i had to go my stomach from i was like i hope there's not parasites in this shit but Jeez. uh the, eventually i was just like so uh intense that the girl because I, I kept dealing with the same bitch. And I'd, I'd get there and she's like, just being a bitch. Wouldn't let me use her phone. So then it's like 12 hours later. I'm like, hey, it's me again. She's like, no. Nah. So eventually I'm like pacing and like getting really intense. And she finally was like, okay. You know, she put me on a flight. Now, what pissed me off is my mom and my dad, like my, my dad lived in Arizona for a while. My mom lived in Pennsylvania for a while. So during the summer, I would fly out here or there. I've flown a lot since I was a kid. And mm-hmm. one time when I was flying back from Pennsylvania, you know, they're supposed to guide you from gate to gate and I, I missed my flight. So they put me on the next one because there was a, a empty seat. So I knew that they could do that. I, I know that if there's a fucking plane with a seat and I've already bought a fucking ticket, they, they can do that. I guess everyone has a boss and they don't, you know, but uh, luckily she put me on a fucking plane. I didn't have to like steal a cop's gun or something, but uh mm-hmm. So that was a big crazy story. Like I finally get the. I remember we went to Chicago, and I'm still like I don't have. This is not. We don't have cell phones or anything. So yeah, I don't remember really anyone's number. I don't know. Like once I get to Dallas, I don't know how to get out of DFW Airport. It's fucking massive. So I go to Chicago. I see a dude in a suit. I'm like, hey man, you got fifty cents for a phone call? Has it in his pocket? Gives it to me. I, I cry. I mean, I fucking cry like fifteen times on this whole situation jesus i'm like crying like thank you so much so i have 
my great grandma's landline that she's had forever. And then my homie that was like filming my drum videos in the early days, he was, uh, his name's Travis Neal. He was trying to be a director at the time. So he had like HD camera and a good computer at school. So that was my guy. And I remember he had, he had a landline at his house. So I basically call him, collect. And it'd be a $30 phone call for like 30 seconds. Uh, I'm like, yo, dude, I'm going to be like, I lost my passport. I've been stranded for days. I'll be in Dallas in three hours or like four or whatever. Uh, can you pick me up? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I get on the plane and uh, then I'm like, fuck, I didn't tell them like who I'm flying with, what gate I'm at. Like there's a million fucking options at, at that airport. Mm-hmm. So I uh, <laughs> bum some money again or call collector, whatever the fuck I did. Call my grandma. It's like super late. And I'm like, hey, explain everything. I'm like I'm at this gate. There's a bench. This old woman gave me like a whole box of Nutri-Cream bars. So I had it in my hoodie. I'm like, I'm not moving from this spot. So Travis is probably going to drive back home. And then you have to tell him, oh, he, this is where he's at. Then you have to come back. <laughs> this is like a four-hour drive from Shreveport. Damn. So uh, I'm just planning on basically living on this bench for like the next day until someone I know shows up. But Travis eventually found me after like a couple hours. So, yeah, that's the gist of that story. Uh, it's your first that's, tour? That was my first tour. Yeah, I just turned around. <laughs> yeah, man. Why did you do it again? <laughs> Why are you the thing is i felt situation. <laughs> i felt like love to the max happiness to the max sadness to the max anger to the max fear to the max like all it was just like it turned me into a man basically i just yeah yeah you had the uh, hardest the hardest like possible situation was your first mm-hmm. it's it can only go up from there that sounds like the <laughs> ultimate night, ultimate night. Oh, it's supposed to, so we have more coming. But that that's like the ultimate nightmare scenario. Like just being another, yeah, country and I, shit. Like somehow getting back home, losing your passport. Like I can't geez. explain the fear. Nightmare. There was no plan, and I'm like starving. And it's just like, honestly, the fact that there was gonna be a good story was the only thing keeping me going. I'm like, there's no way that this is gonna last forever. Like I'm gonna get home. You know, you, you can live like two weeks without eating or some shit, but as long as you drink yeah. water, you know. So I, I knew, I doubted I would die from it, but uh, yeah. unless I killed myself. But, you probably uh, were going insane though. Your brain was probably yeah, just dude. like, yeah, you were losing. Uh, I'm like crying, mind. I'm punching myself. I'm like, come on, motherfucker. You know, like, yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. just trying to hype yourself up. Yeah, you, it's the only way you could do it. Uh, God. So yeah, there was That's at least crazy. five like head in my hands and then slap myself. I'm like, fuck, I, I try to panhandle, but I just like break down crying before I could even get the words out. And, I don't, I'm going in my head right now. I don't know exactly where my passport is right at the second. And now I'm having anxiety from it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Luckily you're it's in probably San totally like, it's totally like in a drawer somewhere. Fine. But like now that I'm I looking don't for know, mine now. now that I can't account for my passport and during that story, I'm like, and uh, got his, now, now, I'm on on my, get this, now I'm on my fifth passport. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't the only time I lost my passport. God, we could have well, a whole thing about passports. First time, it's whatever. I had to got it. another passport stolen, a lost story. Then, come on, you got to be a little more responsible with that passport, brah. Yeah, yes. um, I'm jumping way ahead, and then we'll rewind again. But uh, my last right, rewind it deal with incinerate had to do with that. Um, so my girlfriend, my kid's mom, had washed my passport, so I had like mm-hmm. the 
foldy leather or whatever. And I'm pretty familiar with passport shit by this point. So I know that the electronics don't work and I know that you're not supposed to have a flappy passport. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to look good. So I go to my shitty little Shreveport uh, regional airport. Uh, sorry. And scenario was going to play that. Uh, oh, fuck. What's it called? It's in Indonesia. It's like a crazy fest. It's like 20,000 people uh, in Bandung or whatever. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, I was supposed to play that. I go to my regional uh, airport, be like, hey, I got this passport. I just want to see if it'll work. The TSA there is like, yes, that'll work. As long as I can see your photo, it's all good. And I'm like, hey, I've been stranded overseas before. Are you sure? She's like, I'm the TSA. I think I would know. I'm like, all right. So I send the good news to the boys. And here, here comes the day. I go to Dallas, about to fly to Indonesia. The dude in the red jacket sees my passport. Ooh, goes and get his homie in the red jacket. Says, sorry, can't do it. I'm like, uh, and it, there was also no, like, we weren't flying in like five days ahead of time. We were flying in like the day of. So there's only one flight to Indonesia a day. And I couldn't fucking do it. I had to, can't, I had to write them and be like, hey, guys, I know you're on an airplane to Indonesia, but I can't make it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was horrible. It was like the worst fucking shit, dude. And, and I'd already had so much anxiety over like, you know, this wasn't too long ago. It's like six, seven years ago. So yeah, just they're already going, they're already gone. They're, they're on they're their going. way to Indonesia, and you're you're like, oh, sorry yeah. guys. And they're like yeah. sitting there on the plane, like, fuck yeah, this is gonna be yeah. fucking red. <laughs> like, and then they land and they check their phone and they're like, oh shit, Eddie can't uh, so terrible. So Darren Seska, he recorded yeah. the album and he had his little program drum beats that he sent to them before he did the recorded Smart. himself. So he was able to send them those tracks, and they basically on the fly played to drum tracks. Which is just, I feel so fucking horrible about it. Like, there's footage of them, just like a sea of people, and just like, and they made it happen. You know, they, they got to experience it, but it was very unfortunate. But uh, yeah. I think that was kind of the last thing with me and Jesse. And we're still cool. I just saw him in Chicago, like, uh, you know, last nice. weekend. Shout out, Jesse. Previous. Uh, I love Jesse. We have a yeah, lot of history. Of, uh... But, uh, um, anyway. I was going to say, I mean, dude, those things happen. And, and the fact that they were still able to pull off a set, I think that if I was uh, a, a fan at that festival, you know, I'm sure they explained their situation, yeah, you know, sure. and and but that explained and then they're still out there playing a set for those fans, I would still be appreciative for that to happen so yeah especially over there where they just loved up yeah it's, it's not easy for us like our level of artists or like musicianship or whatever to get out to a country yeah. like that all the time they have to know? understand they have to understand that like you know they're not like a funded fucking band that's like yeah we do whatever we want whatever we'll fuck it. oh we'll love this. yeah it's like everyone that's i've noticed it more and more nowadays especially it's way harder to get the states or go out of the states like as far as like i've talked to a band in australia and i was like why the fuck don't you come here and they're like fuck you guys it's so expensive <laughs> yeah. to come out there like yeah. we want us we don't want to start ten thousand in the hole and then be like not a huge band like we might be you know we might end up negative four thousand in the hole when we get back and it's like it's uh it's way more understandable, especially with the, especially seeing 
um, all the bands trying to get over and all the information we have now and how hard it is and stuff like that. If a band can't make it, I'm no longer like, what the fuck? I'm like, kind of like, I get it. It's all good, man. Like, yeah. it sucks. Like, I want to see you guys really bad, but I, I, I get it. Like, there's nothing you can do. It's, you know, I totally get it. Can I can I tell a quick story? Please Go do for it. it. Um, I got hit up to play Chicago Domination Fest this year <clears throat> uh, by a band that is a slam band. And I was like, I mean, yeah, like, you know, I would do it if you guys could just get me a ticket to the fest, you know, and like get me a flight. That'd be sick. And yeah, like, zero yeah, dollars sure. would be tight. Like, just <laughs> yeah. zero. Let's yeah, just literally. <laughs> I was like, like, you know, that's that seems like pretty chill to get to go. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, hey, man, I just heard. And yeah, we, we can't pay for your flight. <laughs> we can't that afford that. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, and I'm why like, that make sense to probably should have checked with that before asking me if I could do it. I mean, there's but, probably people yeah. out there that are down to, I mean, there's so many people coming up and wanting to be in bands and stuff, especially younger uh, folks yeah. that are trying to jam and stuff. It's like, dude, if you could buy a ticket, well, you could jam, you know, or, they're probably like that. Yeah. A lot of the band or the audience is other bands, and there's yeah. a lot of dudes just, hey, I'm playing the next day. I could just learn a 25 minute slam set, play it at 3 p.m., no problem the day before. But I guess I, in this case, I'm not sure what happened, but um, I don't know. I just, yeah, you, you, we, there, there's not a lot of money in the scene uh, for paying. I was going to say, there's got to be, I mean, even for you, Joseph, like, it, you're you you have your career and you've played with all these bands and shit but there's still gotta only be a handful of bands that would literally you would be like yeah i'll pay my way out there to play with that band yeah yeah it's gotta you know? be like a like a yeah a humongous band that you like and want, then always the love playing like i'll play for even money and then there's the bands that literally if they offered you a certain amount of money you would go out even if you didn't care about <laughs> their band yeah but that's that like even money in this in this genre is kind of par for the course you know like that's what we're all looking for is just to break even dude it's hard <laughs> break to break even of, yeah have a good time and play your art that's like really what we're looking for dude i mean no we're looking for money too. <laughs> <laughs> we see we see the reality of the situation yeah. and breaking even as much more of a uh of a obtainable well nowadays it's even worse yeah. i saw this guy put this video out and i'll maybe try to link it but there's this guy put this video out that like broke down it was a big band he got the sheet he got the the total pay sheet from them and they're they mm -hmm. were they were english i'm pretty sure because it was all in pounds and stuff but like <laughs> So they brought in a hundred and something thousand dollars, but with all the, you know, the travel stuff, all the, the bus expenses, all the fucking merch tax cuts, all the, all that shit. Like they literally, the profit was 125,000 or no. Yeah. It was about $120,000 and they made profit 10,000. Whoa. <laughs> and that was like, I remember like seeing that's like a big band. And so like they got to split that 10,000 at the end. And so they all made like you know two or three grand each, but like literally it was so much going. Like they had tour bus, they had all they had a tour bus, they had all the shit, and like that so much that was taken out, and subtracted, and taxing and stuff like that. Especially that's why bands are so pissed about the, the you know the merch cuts. It's like fuck, they actually have a chance to make money, and then that's the last one. It's like let's just I mean, take that last option away. <laughs> like, that's literally yeah. It's just 
you go no no matter how far you go up it's still all relative the artist still gets fucked in the end but yeah. at least if you can like take it all the way to the top you might get some millions out of it but no matter what dude like you got to spend 100 grand to make 10 grand dude the yeah. hundred grand has to be spent to make ten grand. What the I think they said fuck? eight. They said eight. They made eight percent profit, out, mm-hmm. off, or after the money they made, they got eight percent of it. I shouldn't oh. say yeah. They spent, but they're, the other people are making money out of that too. But as the artists, they're making their eight percent, which is fucking. Well, there's creative ways, but go. Ahead, I wonder me. how much of that they then like how much did they invest back into the band before taking the cut? Cause it could be like, we made 10 grand. Oh, but then if we want to do anything with the band, we have to like reinvest our own money into it. Or is it like, Oh, and part of what we earned, we, we had promised to put towards the next album. It was just a statement. No, it was straight up. just a statement from the tour. It was like costs, expenses, and then what the balance and and profit and then what they made. And I was like sitting there just going like, I knew it was bad. But I didn't know it was like, you know, I've seen like, like Dan showed me some Suicide Silent stuff. I mean, just not with the money stuff, but just like the merch cuts and stuff. And I was thinking if you sell enough merch, that means you make no guarantee because <laughs> like they take out like if you make 20 percent, if you have a 20 percent merch cut and they take and all of a sudden you owe them, you know, whatever they're making, then it's like, all right, we'll just call it even like you don't make any money. And uh, uh that's dude, the twenty percent you pay. Really think about that like that. Like yeah. is that venues trying to make their guarantee money back, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm I mean, I was thinking Breaking about that even again. just the other day, but <laughs> that's what I was doing when I was like uh, whenever I pee, I have like a that's just weird like epiphany like, of like, thing. Where I have an epiphany like like thirty seven percent of the times I piss. I'm just like <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like it's. I, people say they do when they poop, but for me, it's oh, like for shit. me, epiphany. Professor who's here? I have epiphany, Professor dude. <laughs> like right now, I'm gonna go piss in a second, and like I'm probably gonna be like, oh shit, that's what I meant to ask Eddie. Uh, this whole link between this and blah. blah I don't know blah. if uh, but, just remembering what you forgot to say as being when you're drunk is an epiphany. <laughs> I mean, for me, no, yeah. I mean, but there's also like the social oh, aspect of like. Dude. Well, no, 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 it's not that. But it's like it's like taking in all the social stuff we're talking about, and I'm like, oh yeah, they said this. I wanted to ask this. Oh, there's a connection. Oh, let me build this together now for a better question. Build it's kind of it, like that's a piss. That's a piss Just thought. Anyway, stack it up with piss, um. Dude. So I want to hear more uh, shitty tour stories from Eddie. <laughs> I got many of them. <laughs> He's writing. Well, I mean, if you're writing a book. That one's a book. Many, like, I mean, that's a book. That's a book-worthy story, though. Is what I'm saying. That's absolutely. why I'm. I mean, the whole you making a book thing makes sense to me because that's like a nightmare. And you've already you've told us like two pretty bad nightmares, and that's just like the beginning. I mean, I mean, that was six or seven years ago. The incinerate one. I mean, that wasn't really a terrible nightmare, but still bad. I mean, it's pretty bad. But um, as far as like being in a band and the things you worry about and stuff and the things you don't want to go wrong, as far as like travels concerned and things like those are two terrifying stories to me like i'm like I mean, i'm enthralled watch, listening to you talk about it i've watched a lot of y'all shows and just about every time i'm like dude i got so much that i could fucking like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah not that it's boring but like it's not as dramatic as the shit that i've had to go through so i knew when this day came you, you guys would be like all right that was cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, and I, shit, i'm going to germany and playing a show in Ooh. a month so make sure your passport is crisp no yeah. bends dude yeah. I, he's a professor though he's got a savings account he can he's got a fallback 
It's laminated already, dude. <laughs> I mean, uh, shit. My UCSC <laughs> job starts in October. I'm kind of on the running low until then. But yeah, fucking, yeah. I do. I have a lot of international travel experience and have never been stranded anywhere. So want to keep that streak going. I'm also like notoriously just unorganized. Like just everything in life. I'm just not. I'm just kind of go with the punches or flow. Go with the flow yeah. or whatever. But. See. My dad was the like stereotypical like get to the airport like four hours early dad yeah. who would like freak out if it was a day of travel or a day before the day of travel. Just oh my god! And so we always were like, "Yeah, we can relax. He's got it all taken care of." And I'm like, "Now I have to be him because there's no yeah. he's not doing it." So I I get that why you go into that role. So <clears throat> yeah, remember the S train, S A train goes to the S-A. airport. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <Yeah. laughs> this guy remembers. I guess I will probably. My anxiety yeah. does suck, dude, especially. Yeah. Well now I got little humans that I got to keep in tow. And that's well, forced dude. you though, probably to be like, once the humans started coming in your life, you're like, Oh shit, I got to do this. And the, you're like, your yeah. brain like, forces yourself to do it because you have if to, i have to know, wake up at a time to fly somewhere for sure i'm going to be awake a half an hour before that time because i'm going to naturally have the anxiety that's going to make me wake up before the alarm you mm. know and then i'm going to be like fuck dude it's four and i need to get up at 4 30 but at the same time i'm not going to be able to fall asleep and then after that you got to get the whole family together and then I'm the kind of brain airport that, I mean, experience when kids oh, airports, are, yeah, with kids when they get bright eyed and bushy tailed is when you get to the airport, it's not before they're all like zombies in the car getting <laughs> there or whatever. And then by the time it's like airport and lights, they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to fuck around for a little bit. Dude. You'd be like, dude, you there's know? tons of cotton candy at the airport, dude. 630 in the morning. I'm like, where's the where's the coffee? Don't fucking chase your brother, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have that anxiety, too. I mean, with any big event in my life, like whether it's an interview or like when I was a kid, like a, every first day of school, like I didn't sleep a wink, like any kind of like big events or like, oh, it's a big trip, like to Vegas with a bunch of my friends. But it's early. The flight's early. My my brain will be like, it's early. It's early. You got to like go to sleep now. Yeah. Go to sleep. And I'll just be like up yeah. all night because I'm just like, yeah. like threatening my own brain going like, dude, you better fucking go to sleep or tomorrow's going to suck, dude. So go to bed <laughs> and let you know, like I have this like, like this self just like yells at myself brain. Just like, dude, it's going to fucking suck. What are you doing? Like, Go to bed. Yeah. Like, you know, and it just makes it way worse. You got to shut up the conversation completely. That's I what mean, it is. Totally. You should go to bed right now, Joel. <laughs> as no, five no. people are talking in his head right now dude <laughs> I know, I'm so he literally is wearing voice. headphones with multiple voices speaking to him yeah now it's the same thing but it's real <laughs> i know it is no this is all a dream dude i'm not even here yeah, come on <laughs> maybe <laughs> also I'm, just, true. I'm like i'm like in an alleyway like sniffing my own poop right now i'm just like don't want a oh, podcast dude. <laughs> you could be dude <laughs> i can't i can't prove it wrong yeah, yeah, they proved me wrong. I mean, I'm just, I can't. I'm too, I'm too so, stupid, dude. I feel like it's very so, Eddie. So, after, so you did the. We'll go back in the. We'll go back into the story. So, Eddie. Uh, so you do that first tour. So, in my head, you should. Yeah, Joseph's like, hey, I got a nice air conditioner. <laughs> um, in my head, like I would be fucking like done, donezo with touring. What kept you going to the next thing after that? Um, I think it was because I made connections. Mm-hmm. throughout that whole month it was, so hope. it was like 
things to look forward to. Uh, mm -hmm. My name kind of got more popular. Plus, it's just it was like my lifestyle at the time, and I don't have much to really like go back, fall back on, or anything. There so, was I mean, enough thrills uh, during that that made you want to go do it, try it again. Well, I mean, uh, my second tour was with psychiatric regurgitation from Dallas. Like I said, that was kind of my second home. Uh, so we got like, booked our own tour. Psychiatric like, regurgitation. Psychiatric regurgitation. Okay. Um, and they were like super gore grind back then. Now they're kind of like black metal-ish. Uh, still grindy, but it, it was it was a drum machine band before I joined. So it was just mm -hmm. a lot of gravity blasts and like crazy impossible beats. But uh, we did that with Hyperion, which is was Eric Parks' band. From he was the drummer for Devourment, so it was mm. his like black metal band. And now they're called Rod of Obsidian. They changed their name, but they're still still a band. So okay. it was like a really cool, like that prophecy tour was so stressful, and it, like it wasn't my homies. Now it was like my homies, and like it was a rough tour. That like I can't believe we made it. The, the van kept overheating like every day. Uh, like I said, self-book tour. Some of the shows were pretty kick-ass, but most of them were pretty weak, but we still had a great time. So that was like a experience in itself, just a, a positive experience of, of friends. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's some stories in that one, but that one went pretty pretty well. There's No one died or anything. Uh, then I got asked to join I Wrestle Bear once because they were from Shreveport, and they were like really popping off at the top. This is like when they really first blew up. Yeah, I was really into the first couple releases. I I definitely they they piqued my interest because I was a Genghis Tron fan. I was a Locust fan. I was all these like weird experimental types of groups. Uh, I was into a lot of, and then I wrestled the Bear once, which is also they were a drum machine on properly releases right on the first ep the, the first machine. ep so, so and that's what i was playing i was playing that ep and then they had a, a video for taste like kevin bacon yeah and that song was number one on youtube for like months and months and months uh it, it was crazy like if you went to youtube it was like bam right, right first thing you saw so they were really doing well um now i was very death metal at the time so they didn't actually ask me to play. They asked my brother to play. And he doesn't have like great blast or double bass, but he's ferocious for sure. But not really what they needed. And so he was just like, you, you need my brother. So I had a gig with my dad. It was kind of like a, I don't even know what you call it, bunch of covers, jam bandy type of shit. I don't know. But it wasn't metal. So they saw me play like not metal. And they knew that I could play like blast beats and shit. So then they're like, well, fuck, maybe this guy you know, can do it. We kind of hit it off pretty well. But it only had four mm. days to, to learn it. Mm. So it was six songs in four days. I'm completely unfamiliar with the shit because I thought it was gay at the time. I just didn't like sing, sing, you know, clean vocals or anything. And uh, so we grinded it out for four days. What made it easier is Andrew, the keyboard player, was just like super familiar with the parts. So I'm always making eye contact with him. And he controls all the samples and shit. So a lot of those songs will be like, whatever, you know, and then sample, crazy part, sample. There's so many samples that even if you get off, once that sample hits, you're like, okay, you restart. So uh, it wasn't easy, but 
I was able to pull it off, and it was a two month tour. <laughs> All right, four days. Damn. Hit it for two months. Just playing um, that EP. Yeah, that and that tastes like Kevin Bacon single. Oh yeah. How long yeah, did yeah. it take you to actually get like comfortable? Like a two it's weeks. Hard to say. I mean, I was pulling it off on the first show. Uh, yeah. But I guess you know, you get in that routine on tour. So a couple weeks, I'm guessing. Yeah. Feeling a little better, but it was. Mm-hmm. See, the problem that it, as I've gotten older and like I play bass now, and I was playing this shit way faster than the EP even. So the guitar work is like really crazy. So, I mean, he should just kind of set me down. Maybe he did. I don't know. But uh, it was making it hard for him to hit all those fucking crazy licks because I'm playing it faster. I think that's what kind of pushed me out of the band is because – uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they had him forever. But it was like he was the drummer a month or briefly before they asked me. He couldn't do it. He's going to school or something. I don't know. So they were just going to do a drum machine tour like they did earlier. And then I hopped on right before they did it. Uh, this is all hearsay. I don't really know what happened. Um, but what, this is what I think. I think that drummer was supposed to come back. I was going to be a session guy. Half the band got fired or quit uh, when I joined too. So when I joined, uh, the guitarist Mim also joined, which is the singer Krista's sister. And then Dave started playing bass. So six members, half of them are brand new, half of them are original members. Half of us smoke weed, half of them don't. You know, so it's like we really kind of bonded all the new members. And mm. so as the as everything's progressing, the new members are like, dude, please be our drummer. Please, please, please. And they're like, yeah, we're going on warp tour. We're going, we're going to Europe in two months or whatever. So they're pumping my head full of awesomeness. And uh, I end up quitting cancer horror, quitting psychiatric. I think I had already quit prophecy because that bowled over. And so I'm like totally game for this whole thing. And I don't think it was actually two months. I think it was like a month and a half, but we had, Everything was going great, man. It was like every show was like five to 800 people. Um, and then all of a sudden, one day, I it was like a raging party, like Animal House style, all night. So like I didn't even sleep. I remember just stumbling in the van like 6.30 in the morning. Probably laid there for like 30 minutes. And they're like, hey, we need to go uh, get an oil change. So we go get an oil change. First, we were eating CeCe's Pizza, I remember. Maybe it was the same spot. Maybe we were eating pizza while we were waiting for the oil to get changed. CC's uh, pizza, like the buffet (laughs) pizza? Buffet, buffet pizza. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't want us carrying any weed uh, the whole time. So every gig, we're just trying to sniff some out. So at this party, somebody had a blunt for sale. I'm like, dude, fuck it. I'm buying buying this bitch. I'm tired of looking for weed. Just like $5 on this little blunt. And so we're eating and uh, they go, all right, band meeting. And I'm like, band meeting? We never had a band meeting before. <laughs> so they start talking about all this shit. They're not being direct. They're kind of talking about this. They're, they're talking about uh, the label not knowing that they had a new drummer. Uh, they were threatening to release their uh, LP at like a demo level if they didn't, mm-hmm. because they're under contract. So this guy's under contract. Now, this yeah. might be all bullshit. This is what Stephen Bradley's telling me. Mm-hmm. And But the whole time I'm hearing the speech, I'm thinking, oh, shit, they know I have weed. 
<laughs> but like, I'm waiting for him to bring it up, but he keeps like not bringing it up. And then finally, I'm like, dink, dink, dink. You're kicking me out, dude. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. Fucking, we're getting an old boy back. We're canceling the tour. We're going to LA, record the album. And I was like, it was just mind blowing at, at the time. So, smoked my blunt. <laughs> <laughs> was it, was, it wasn't for the blunt. On you. It wasn't for the blunt. They, were, they had to. They decided to leave the tour completely. You think the blunt was something that was? It had nothing to do with the blunt. Five dollars. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. say. I mean, it, it um, kind of sounded like they were like, "Ah, oh, dude, this guy's a fucking weed smoker. He's out." So, I think it was they were gonna get the drummer, the, the original guy. They didn't expect me to get along with everyone so well because I'm like death metal dude. We're like cancer wars like satanic ish or whatever we're yeah. somewhat serious and uh but also have a very cool silly. if you really go into it there's there's some things about it that are rad um but i have a very silly side to me as well so like the silly side fit in well everything was great but i think what happened was maybe they got some shit from the label but uh i think they just that drummer that they had is a little more because i'm like spastic i'm just you know i didn't start playing to a click track so i'm just kind of like i didn't really know my tempos too well and he's more of like a mashuga pretty controlled mid-tempo double bass but all the stuff that i was hearing on like what he had recorded for the album was like ripping ass gravities and double bass and shit so they were supposed to go more like extreme but they dropped me got this dude were forced to record an album and like Small amount of time. It really wasn't as good as it should have been. They saw tons of success. It's all good. But uh, it would have been a different album, I think, if I would have been a part of it. But it all played out. They were on Century Media at the time. So like, I got to go to Century Media office oh, yeah. and shit. But then I joined Vital Remains, who was on Century also. So it kind of yeah, yeah. played out appropriately. Because that was... That's, well, you know, we what talked about year was that when you joined Vital? What's up? What year did you join Vital? Uh, to the end of two thousand nine. Okay, that's so when I met like you. October two thousand nine. Well, my first gigs were in October two thousand nine. We went to Mexico during the okay. Day of the Dead and shit. It was really pretty crazy. There's a music video uh, for Hammer Down to Nails. It's like if you go uh, Vital Remains, Mexico, it'll pop up. It's pretty cool. Okay. But uh, that was actually amazing. You know, like I think I made a couple hundred bucks when we got back, and it was just like nice, insane shows, endless autographs. It's Mexico. It was just cool, and we were treated like rock stars. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was almost the only. It was like a weekend run, but almost the only like run that wasn't. And it had its moments. It did have its moments, but that wasn't totally horrible because every other tour, me and Tony Lazar are like about the fight and i mean he's a big fucking scary guy so that's yeah, not yeah. that's not a little like grappling match that's like somebody's getting fucked up <laughs> he could run away he's he's big <laughs> well, I mean, so i guess not we, when you have to get in the van we gotta dive into that yeah yeah too so i'm just kind of jumping jumping through the stuff not all of it's super yeah. crazy but uh after i wrestle bear once now i reform cancer horror and i'm like i'm gonna book my own tour you know i'm use all my connections that are made and so I did a little two-weeker with them, and that was like probably my favorite tour I've ever done because those are like my dudes. I'm nice. the boss. Hello. 
everyone everywhere I'm booking, it's like friends, you know, it's just it was great. I encourage people like, listening. To yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, can you can you give like uh, some tips and shit? Like, I mean, let's say a band like wants, you know, they they feel like they're ready to go do a little tour, like, but they don't want to deal with a booking agent. So, um, do you think with you with the connections that you made is the only way you can do it, or do you think there's other ways that people could do it nowadays? It's a little harder now that social media is so big. So mm -hmm. we're talking about 2008. So like, mm -hmm. same thing with my YouTube. Like, what got me able to do that is that not everyone could upload drum videos and it was kind of a new thing. So I was able to get in there while it was just like Derek Roddy videos and Romaine Goulon, however you say his name. Uh, I remember there was like a, just some random shit. There was like a beheaded video live. Yeah. yeah. Probably like six videos. <laughs> if you type death metal, like, which is crazy, but uh, yeah, eventually yeah. I was one of those videos. You know? and so it kind of nice. helped me. Oh, you're that fucking dude. But uh, I kind of got sidetracked. I don't remember the question. Oh, well, I mean, the question yeah, get, so getting into like, it was a like easier. Yeah, starting uh, your like calling. Were you calling venues or what were you calling people that you made contacts tour. with or how were you like getting the the connections started? I, was to, even, I would just to get Google. That going? Well, it was a combined effort. So, uh, Court of the Villain was who we did it with. They were from Jacksonville, I think, mm -hmm. Florida, somewhere in Florida, and so they kind of linked there in like north carolina the volume 11 i think we played there yeah, yeah. um so they yeah. kind of booked some of those i booked dallas and shreveport and mm -hmm. uh where the fuck else we played so it was a, it was a team effort but um yeah you know probably two-thirds of the tour is just like please let us play fucking hattiesburg mississippi at the fucking dick hole <laughs> bar like just somewhere to fucking go <laughs> remember baton, baton rouge it was just like a house party dick hole bar. and uh <laughs> um, just some kids' front yard, you know, but it was a rager, a bunch of underage, underage kids drinking. It's like a kegger. Definitely yeah, yeah. will find a way. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. But it just kind of happened, man. Uh, like I said, we were kicking ass then. Uh, we were hyper blasting and hair whipping and super intense. And I had cool drum videos because of my dude who was trying to be a director. So it was enough to make somebody go, like, hey, I'll book those guys for fucking. 50 bucks or whatever it was yeah, by yeah, no yeah, charge yeah. um yeah but it's still like that i remember that being just a fantastic time yeah uh then after that was when i the incinerate thing mm -hmm. so eric park once again he's drumming for devourment they're on brutal bands which is a, no longer a label but it was kicking ass at that time scott from incinerate ran brutal bands mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. brutal band. So basically they asked him to do this Midwest tour. And same kind of thing. Eric's a sick drummer, but he's not like a fucking Darren Sesco style shit. I, I hadn't even heard of Darren Sesco at this point. I just met him in Chicago for the first time, by the way. But uh oh, so I had that uh brutal domination tour that they put out with the Emith and uh internal suffering. Like so it's a kind of a crappy DVD, but Anyway, I had that, and they're, if you're not familiar, like their first album's kind of like, I don't know what to relate it to. It isn't Darren Suska style drums. It's like, deicide kind of, you know, bomb blasts. So I, I'm thinking it's just some old school bomb blast, and they send me um, the second album. And it's, it's insane. So I didn't really think I could pull it off. Um, tried and tried and tried. I talk about it on one of my episodes of Hard Gun. But uh, 
that's just like really fucking hard. They went years and years and years without anyone even attempting their shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, made audition video, got the gig, they flew me out. Um, my first episode of The Hired Gun talks about this whole thing. This dude, Isaac. So he was the, the bass player. Ian's uh, in my thoughts right now. I was just waiting for a time where I could drop a pillory reference because that shit was crazy. That was too. Darren's band, right? That was on yep. Unique Leader? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyways, yeah. I'm not even familiar with them. Pillory? Yeah, they oh, were, bro, dude. I mean, they weren't They weren't that big. They was kind of like the when we were... Like Otis was dropping stuff, and Pillory was like a brand new band. It was Darren's band from Goratory, and we were like, "Oh, dude, we gotta." Huh. It wasn't it like it was a, literally like Darren's first, yeah, like solo thing that showed like his because Goratory is where I know Darren that from. Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, Rice on Suede too, dude. That that record is insane. Yeah, yeah. totally. It That's really is was... insane on all levels of that album. Insanity. And uh, yeah, but then P- Pillory was his like, there was other people in that band from, too, right? From, was like from the brain of a drummer, uh, like that was like his thing. I think Darren was the, the main guy behind Pillory. I don't know who was actually else involved because I thought it was so driven by Darren, I, I thought it may have been just him doing everything. Hmm. I didn't, I, I must have not. There was a good while before I print on that record, but I do have a physical copy of the Larry record. They still are still going. I I remember seeing videos. You are released, right? I don't know if it was that project or not, but it was a while before I saw him like playing guitar on anything. Yeah, yeah. Pillory was of the wave after the severed, odious, decrepit releases on unique leader right but just like right after it I, yeah i just remember like it was darren and someone else but i'm like clicking around oh i don't know uh so let's see members darren seska only <laughs> yeah so there was a oh no oh there's been some dan sanchez i don't know john cole oh from Cyopus. the dude from Cyopus was in it drummer hmm. that's, um, that's but, a cool little but, combo yeah so then who's neutro it's a guy named no no neutrino scalia us scalia infernal bruno x jesus he's in bands <laughs> i can't even fucking pronounce he's in virulence and x mm-hmm. he's x in crimsoned I don't know, but anyways. Come on, man. You, you've never heard of Scala, dude? Well, it's got a fucking little. Yeah. It's got on, a little uh, accent Gilbert, over the first day. Mike Gilbert in the background, everybody. Who's Hello. Hello. Dude, <laughs> sit down. Have a have a hit with them while I go pee. Okay. <laughs> um, pillory or cool. have you, have you, Mike? Have you heard of Pillory? Remember Pillory on Unique Leader? It was with Darren Seska from on drums. With the o- O-R-Y? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember, remember that. I don't remember hearing them, but Me I neither. remember the name. It's like one of those bands I thought was like, it was one of those like up and coming bands, but I was just all excited about and then just never happened. This guy's just doing drugs on the on the airwaves, dude. Jesus Christ. Dude. So, yeah, now, <laughs> now Pillory is just a Darren band, but it okay. used to be a lineup. 
in 2005 was their first record. So it actually, the first one dropped before the 2007 release of you guys. So did you say when I was walking away that Psyopus's drummer was the drummer for Pillarin? It says, uh, E uh, John Cole was ex Psyopus when he's on drums, and then uh, ex see you next Tuesday and ex the antennas. Huh, Psyopus, I know that was bananas. That band was like, uh, I mean, it was kind of like a different style of Dillinger, which I know Mike props to Mike because Mike will play on his channel, he'll play like death metal, death metal, he'll play like full Dillinger songs. And I'm like, that didn't that catches me by surprise, you playing like. Like you know, forty three percent burnt and a couple other songs on that album, and uh, yeah, that's kind of Psyopus was that dude. Um, we got to get him on. He was the Arp. guy. What's his name? The guitar player, Arp something. Oh yeah, Chris Arp. Chris Arp. Yeah. yeah so like he he won the uh, guitar center like best guitar player competition. I remember when like right after Psyopus mm-hmm. broke up because he would just do this fucking crazy. He would do these full songs in Psyopus that were. No, no pick just like all tapping and like right. like insane shit and uh just had a really trippy psychedelic way of looking at the guitar um kind of like but with that dillinger style going to it but anyways that was uh one of those bands that was just like what the fuck is go- i don't even like i don't even understand what's and they had these live in metal injection videos where i get to show him just they were just crazy too they weren't like they weren't just sitting there going like like you know, they were just fucking throwing their shit around yeah. and you know, like, just seemed very, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> violent looking band with a lot of technicality. And I'm like, how do you do both? I don't understand. Like, but uh, no, definitely. So, pillory, dude. I'll check them out. <laughs> Sounds pretty. I don't, I don't know what they sound like. <laughs> it's gotta oh, be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. John Cole. Okay, Greg Herman was a sicker. Oh, Greg Herman was sicker. Okay, so anyways, that's probably a Psyopus reference. But uh, where are we going? Polyphia, uh, poly- polyphia, um, threw me off a little bit. Uh, incinerate, talking about Darren Seska. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I could. This is another story that could just go on and on. But uh, the session bass player's name was Isaac. He's just like a fucking lunatic, and I had to live with him. So uh, Jesse's best friend. He's an artist. He did the cover for uh, Dissecting the Angels, the first. First album, uh, Brett Roller. He owns Roller Guitars, or used to. I don't know if he still has it going or not. But anyway, great guy. And we're living in his little art dojo, like in the basement. And there's a huge fish tank that like covers the whole fucking. It's like Deuce Bigelow, like a huge fucking fish tank. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So the first night we come in and uh, we go to Jesse's, like his little stomping ground bar that he goes to. And uh, first of all, my ID was like expired or something, so I couldn't get in at first. But anyway, I ended up going in. Uh, Isaac's drunk as shit. I remember he like pulled his dick out in front of this girl. That's basically whenever I was like, Jesse, we probably should go. He's like, fucking, yeah. Get fight we should go. <laughs> so I'm making this story short. So we, we go back home. He's super drunk. He, Jesse had already given us the speech about, yo, Brett didn't have to do this respect his place plus he's a martial artist he's like tough as fuck <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, but you know i just have like personally if i sleep on your couch i, I will never forget it you know what i'm saying like i, I, yeah. I really appreciate when yeah. people let me stay at their house so i'm, I'm gonna stay at somebody's house right now and i'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we get 
This is the first day too, man. It's so crazy. We go down to the basement. Jesse drops us off. And he's talking about how his dad went to Vietnam and used to beat him. And, and like, I remember getting straight up the cell vibes. Like, like I'm in that dude's head. Like, it's just like, this dude's fucking crazy as shit. He's just talking about mm-hmm. all these conspiracies. Like, he after 9-11, because he was from California. I don't remember where. Maybe San Francisco. Uh, and after 9-11, he said when he saw George Bush reading to kindergartens, he's like, I knew this is bullshit. So he moved to Canada. Total conspiracy nut, which me too. That's what that's what got him. That's, that's what, what he says. What he says. I guess he had the jump on us, you know. He, once he saw that, <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's just a nut, you know. And I'm like, I guess I mean I, that's all I do is listen to fucking podcasts about Bigfoot, and Mothman, and fucking aliens and shit. Like, I love that yeah, shit. Yeah. Government, the government, the government, the government, you know, chemtrails, chemtrails, chemtrails. No, people get obsessed. It's like it's like an obsession. I've been seeing it. I mean, a lot of my friends have that, and they yeah. just like want they'll they'll steer a conversation that just goes, Oh yeah, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, you everything looks cool. It's a really fun time. But did the government like dude it's because <laughs> yeah. the government nah, you're my, like you're like dude, that, come on. The only time I get excited is aliens and cryptozoology, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Finding you know, weird, it's a different, different world, but same time, same kind of thing, I guess. If the legislator as... doesn't trip you out like Bigfoot, <laughs> 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 no, that's boring as fuck, dude. Uh, fucking chupacabras are way fucking cooler, dude. <laughs> Wait a second, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anywho, we're down in the basement. He's talking about his dad abusing him and this and that, and he starts doing barrel rolls, like judo style. And he's, he, he, every time he does it, he, he's like inches away from this fish tank. Oh, so, God. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he does it and he bangs the wall. And oh, boy, he's like painting a picture. He, he does a lot of like naked women and shit. So he has like a mm-hmm. little. How big is the tank, though? Because like people don't realize how much water is in Yeah, a fish per tank. foot, square foot in, of a tank. In my yeah. head, it looked like the Deuce Bigelow one. Like, it was like huge. Like it covered so, the like, whole wall. The giant, yeah, like probably a salt water tank that they got coral reefs and all that kind of shit in so he does a barrel roll he bangs the wall he knocks over those little you know like the little wooden guys that you for body uh you get, get the body right you bend the little wooden guy and you paint it oh yeah but anyway yeah. he's doing a painting with that thing for reference and he bangs the wall and it falls over picks it up and like fucking sticks it back i'm like god damn it like he's not gonna notice that we did that um, and he keeps talking about all this crazy shit and he's keeps rolling and shit. So basically, I'm not trying to drag this out too much. He does another roll, bangs the t- hits the tank, it, it sloshes <laughs> like straight up. Because when you do that, it's like, oh, oh, shit, like it starts kind of doing, yeah, yeah, started momentum, yeah. So it just, I was like, holy fuck, and it didn't fall. But you guys wanted it to fall, dude. He's kept on rolling. If he rolled for a third time after this, yeah. no, you, you guys you don't want to fall, dude. I don't that... even remember what happened after that. I just that was like, no, 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 he doesn't remember. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of nights about this guy that I don't remember because I, I just remember getting so mad that I was like blackout. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go to bed, old pit. Like I said, this was day one, so we were it was a weird tour. So Jesse, uh, this is a testament to his fortitude. He had to work. So we basically booked like Friday, Saturday, Sunday up to Milwaukee. He'd 
fucking good back to Minnesota. We go this weekend down to Illinois and he Chicago and like come back. So like it was like four weekends like that where he's like, you know, um, so it wasn't like a whole tour. We would uh I'm trying to remember how that worked exactly. Cause we, we were as a band, so maybe we all came back, but basically in between those weekends, we're staying at this dude's house. And uh, so, but I'm like with this dude, Isaac, like all the time, you know, if, if mm-hmm. I go anywhere, he's there. So the shit's really escalating bad. Uh, so like the next day uh, we were supposed to, it was before we had jammed, you know, we're supposed to jam later. So we're killing time. We go to the park, we go to like a coffee shop or something. Cause I don't know this guy really. And uh, I tell him that they flew me out, basically. And I was like making like 50 bucks a show or something like that. And mm-hmm. so he gets pissed because he flew himself out. And he's not making any money. Which is like, it is what it is, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. from that point on, he kind of had a vendetta about like, well, I need to be making money. You know, and it just kind of created a whole thing. Which they don't want to pay the duty. He's fucking acting like a lunatic all the time. Plus, yeah, that yeah. wasn't the deal. He did volunteer. That was the difference. I was hired. He volunteered. That's why he didn't get paid. Maybe they should have gave him something. I don't know. But uh, regardless, it was a recipe for disaster. So every every weekend's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, I mean, yeah, we played CIM. He stormed off, punching shit. You know Brian from Syphilic? Oh yeah, punching. yeah. I love Brian. Okay. Yeah, he's a nut. I don't know if you how well you know him, Bri- but like, Brian. I mean, Brian, you said cephalic, right? Not cephalic, syphilic. Okay, no, in, I don't know. I don't know. I know Brian from cephalic. <laughs> right. Um, I know him too. Um, he was the singer for Mutilated and Gut Rot. Okay. So on the European tour that I was Prophecy, uh, the NRW Death Fest, Mutilated and Gut Rot played. That was their last show. That's when I met Brian. So I've known him for a while too. But anyway, he, he's kind of notoriously like the drunk guy at the, at the fest. So mm-hmm. he comes to us and he's like, yo dude, your bass player is like screaming, punching shit. His hands are bleeding. There's like little like bloody fist prints on shit everywhere. And uh, we're about to go on. So we're just like, God damn it. So we're like getting ready to play and he's not there. And he, he shows up the last minute, does his thing. He's a grind bass player that plays with the picks. Like I never even heard the motherfucker play. Like it just sounds like to me. And I'm a bass player now, and it's like I, I really care about tone and like hearing the notes clean. He's just kind of like a headbangs and back. Right? I mean, yeah. But I guess he was good. But anyway, so the last uh, show was in Nebraska, some weird like state like that. Doesn't really matter, I guess. But uh. It's the last show. Everything's been boiling over. Um, they gave us a case of beer at the end of the show. So we go to the hotel room and he's slamming them back, like bad. And this is all I remember. Like, I've, like I said, this is the first episode on the hard gun. So I kind of, Jesse kind of came in and I started remembering more shit. But I remember he was sitting on the chair just like, and, I mean, the dude's tough. He's a tough guy for sure. But uh he's looking at me, punching his hands. You know, you're lucky I like you. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, You're lucky I like you, because 
or else or whatever. And I'm like, or else what? <laughs> or else. <laughs> so I, I'm not talking, Anthony was talking about maximizing the story. Like I fucking totally punked that dude. I don't feel like I was like, come on motherfucker or anything like that. But in my head, it was like, I was about to fucking go like, like just say nah. one fucking stupid thing, you know, and he's sitting down drunk. So I'm thinking about like side kicking him in the face and stomping him out and shit. Like I'm, I'm just kind of, so I don't even really know how, like, I know I kind of said something. Something was done. It was intense. He's, I mean, he's trying to he's trying to threaten you and like be act like he is he's the tough guy here. You're, you're yeah, lucky, yeah. dude. You're lucky. Right. Like, you're like, a bitch. Like, and you're lucky yeah. that I will. Yeah. I'm, I, I I'm could I would hurt you if I didn't like you. And so like as to a person you're saying that to, you're like, what? Like what? what why am I lucky? Like why are you <laughs> wanting to hurt me? What the fuck is the problem? Like you know, it's <laughs> like when he's a fucking to... drunk douche, and we've had like fifty experiences yeah, yeah. where it's like, dude. Because uh, when it first, a lot of it, uh, sorry, jumbling my words. Go for it. When we first started, there was that incident with the fish. And then it was within that first week, like three or four days in, maybe that fucking second day, honestly, it might have been the fucking second day. Uh, we have a laptop and he keeps pulling up his shit. Like, hey, watch me do this. Watch me do that. And like, I haven't checked my messages in like four days. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm being super patient. I'm letting them say all of his shit. I'm watching all of his stuff. So finally, it's my turn. I get the laptop. I start to log in. I think it was MySpace at the time. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I want to show you this, this base video or whatever. So I probably rolled my eyes, you know, but I definitely wasn't like, dude, fucking, I didn't make a big stink about it. I didn't even say anything. I just was like, all right. And he fucking, are you fucking serious, dude? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it, it was kind of short-lived. He did that. I don't even know what I said, but it kind of stops. So then the next day, we're at the practice room, and he's like, now there's a mediator, Scott. This motherfucker fucking... I don't even know what the fuck he said. Honestly, I just remember him pointing his finger in my face, making a big fucking deal over me rolling my eyes about the laptop. Like, this is... I've been stranded in Europe for days, and he's making a big thing about this. Like, I just... It pissed me off, but I, I at the same time I don't want to fight in Scott's house. And then mm-hmm. what? You know, he flies home and you know, bass player. And I'm trying to tough out the tour, you know. But uh, from that moment, I knew that it was possible we fight. You know, so like there was a little. We'd always kind of like. I mean, he. It wasn't all bad, you know what I'm saying? Like we were living together. In the same band, like there were good moments, I guess. But uh, by the time it the whole. Your lucky part. I mean, it was like, I fucking hate this motherfucker. And uh, I, I remember he passed out in the bathtub. When I first told the story on my Hard Gun podcast, I'm like, I don't, I blacked out. I don't fucking remember what happened. I do kind of remember now because uh, that's when I got the call for Vital Remains. Like, we mm-hmm. got back home to, to Minnesota. And I think Scott wrote me, singer who's dead now. Uh, and then I remember telling I even told them, I'm like, hey, they asked me to try out. And they're like, they don't like Vital Remains. They like brutal death metal. So yeah. Jesse's kind of like, they suck or whatever. And I'm like, eh, kind of my favorite band. <laughs> One it's of kind of like the building blocks of why we're here. It's fine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't also, oh, man, this is weird. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. So we played CIM, Vital Remains headlined. Cage, their old drummer, the, the young kid, he had played in Shreveport, so I was stoked to hang out with him again. 
but I saw that Tim Young was on drums, which was which is cool. So at that point, I'm like, oh shit, they need a drummer again. So it was already in my head. Then we played in Kansas City, and uh, fuck, what's that guy's Chris Wilson Jeez. from Chocolate Sorry, what up? Kansas City Chiefs, motherfucker. So we're in Kansas City. Yeah, let the banana <laughs> give his love to the KC. <laughs> and not our KC Howard, but Sorry, it's still I apologize. Love that was not bad. KC as well. <laughs> All right. So Chris Wilson, he's the guy who recorded the Unmerciful album. He's the drummer for Troglodyte. He's a great drummer. Well, he said that James <laughs> was going to be their drummer. Which would have been cool. Um, mm-hmm. I remember him talking James up, like, hey, if you need a band, you know, someone to learn a bunch of shit quick, James is your guy. And like, I remember being like, yeah, I'm that fucking guy. <laughs> uh, so I thought he was going to be the drummer. So then at the end of the tour, they reached out and said, hey, you want to try out? So that, that's what that's where that happened. Um, but I didn't really think that I would, because honestly, I didn't think those drums were even real. <laughs> I didn't think I, I wasn't sure if I could play it like quite. Christian was. but uh yeah i went home and just uh was going through all kinds of crazy shit so after that tour my dad was going through a rough spell with the drugs and mm-hmm. wiped out my whole jammer so like i come come back my drums are there but like my guitar cab's gone our pa's gone my tv's gone Damn. my computer's gone all my shit's gone wow. so uh this is like the roughest me and my dad have ever been yeah so Dealing with all that, uh, and that's uh, some friends like give me like a new TV DVD player, a couple things to, to get me by. And then the next day, one of his little crackhead dudes kicked my door and steal my drums and all my other shit. So now I'm like really fucked up. Yeah. And uh, my dad's like 120 pounds now. He's skinny as fuck. I can just like break him in half. But my grandma's there and she's crying. Big dramatic thing. So that's when. Uh, they asked me again, like, hey, you going to try out? And I'm like, man, I don't have drums. Uh, going through some shit. They're like, we have our own drums. We just need somebody to relocate. And I was like, fuck, this is perfect. <laughs> and like, yeah. that's happened to me throughout life several times where it's like, where is this going to fucking go? And it's like, hey, your favorite band wants to play. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so yeah, lowest point in life back home. Get you out of the fucking shit and put you in a different place. Yeah, I moved to Rhode Island, joined by the remains. Uh, borrowed my brother's drums and uh, this and that to, to make the trial video for icons and then went there. So uh, I get there and uh, so the bass player doesn't live there. They've been hiring lead guitar players. Scott, the singer, Tony butt, butts heads with everybody, you know? So mm-hmm. he's talking shit about Scott, like the whole fucking time. And I'm like, cause I'm still in the point of like, when I joined a band, now we're like brothers. We're supposed to be like best friends now. It's like I, mm-hmm. I joined the band. He's just talking mad shit like constantly. And it's that New England, you know. They're just kind of they're just kind of assholes to begin with. But uh, I remember asking him. So I guess you don't like Scott, and he kind of like, oh no, he's all right. But that boiled over as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. the point being, he wants to jam Icons of Evil with just me and him, rhythm guitar, and like. Until that moment, I'm like, I don't know if I can play this shit without the leads and the vocals going and shit. Ten minute song of just like ginger, 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 He's doing is not why people like about it remains. He'll tell you different. He said he wrote every goddamn thing. 
he did but so I, you know i, I kind of come in whatever but after like the third minute i don't know if this is the 57th time i've played that you know part or the 87th you know I'm like, i know that's gotta be so hard no like with such a like a, a band that plays it's songs are so long that you're just like but you have to like just like pedal yeah. to the metal and you don't know like you know shit is this like the third time for this or is the sixth oh. time like was it changing here like what the fuck's happening you know like that must get that well, was like that song is two songs put together it's like we're gonna play a song and then we'll play the exact same melodic, song melodic. right next to it and yeah. call it an eight minute song well just like being like playing that fast though sorry i'm clicking on people everywhere but just playing that fast like and having that kind of a long of a song like even with a, a slow tempoed song oh like i'll just get in the groove like if i'm just fucking around jamming i'll be like oh shit like where am i like am i like i know it's changing on the 12th time or what's going is it like you know your brain starts like kind of getting in this chill spot where you're just i mean especially for you eddie you're going you know a million miles a minute and then you have to also go like oh okay all right oh is this the melodic part okay here it is yeah. <laughs> like you yeah, know like that yeah, I bet that would scare the shit out of me, dude. Like, there were several rising distraction. Several yeah. moments where I'm like at a huge show, and I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't that part." And then now all I hear is, "Because I mean, that's the thing about being a drummer is like, it's so loud. Yeah, you're already hearing all this fucking bass waves and shit. And once Did you it, ever use clicks at all? Do you ever use clicks? I, I so I was uh in Gore Pig. I don't know if you're familiar, but they're they're really kind of blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. Up until like two weeks ago, so that was my first time <laughs> using clicks. Okay, did that uh, help? For, did it help you? Uh, like from I someone with I no like click, it. yeah, no clicks like your it. whole career than to to clicks. Um, it was harder than I thought. Um, it depends on the band. So in their case, I think it works, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't really like seeing like. I'll tell you a good example. I mean, there's a million of them, but the, the bands with the drummer that play the click and it sounds just like the album every show. That's fucking mm-hmm. impressive. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it loses something. Like, I, I catch myself just feeling like that extra energy is not there or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, especially with death metal, I, I like to hear, you know, a riff slow down and speed up. Sometimes you're like, you know, there's like an organic kind of thing that happens when you jam yeah, yeah. a lot. And, uh, I kind of like that, which I'm just becoming an old school guy. Like I was young in the scene for the longest, but you know, bands are kind of going back to that. It got to mm-hmm. super tech, 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 tech. And now it's going back to like old school death metal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, yeah. but that's no, I mean, it's kind of like people, like I people go back, they go backwards. Like people have yeah, different hairstyles from the eighties. <laughs> I really like people think wear that old like bell bottoms and shit, you know, like <laughs> we go, we go in loops I've done this so many times, but I really truly believe that like pop culture or just like how things work and how our brains work is we like keep looping backwards and just like sweeping through it and making sure we got all the dope shit, you know, and it it becomes like, you know, the 50s was a thing in the 80s and 90s, you know, it's like there's this 30 year 20 year like loop back that we keep doing and we're starting to do it with the 90s again because we're three decades later 
It's like the new metal, the new metal, like there was the sick new world. Yeah. They like had that, that fucking did like sold out immediately. Like it was, and, and supposedly like, um, from my friends that went there, it was like literally just people just living in that, that little decade they had, you know, like they were dressing like they used to dress when they were kids and, and just kind of like feeling like, Oh, this is what I used to do. It's fun or whatever, or something like that. And it starts like, it's like a certain saying I mean, for me, like I'll say a, a certain thing. Like, like, I think it's a joke of like, Oh word, dude, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, I'm like, word to everyone. You know, it's is, like, it's like starts as like, so a, a, yeah, it starts as like a so joke. Natural. Like it was like word when, you, when it first happens in like 2008 or nine. And then like, Next thing I know, I'm just like, "We're dude. All right, well, I'll see you later." <laughs> it's like it's like part of your normal vernacular. Our you know? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, it just takes over in your back. You know. Yep. Word is such a natural thing for somebody to say to me, and I know exactly what you're saying. I'll just say word. That's all I'll say. I'm like word. All right, man. We'll I'll talk to you later. When well, when I was first starting, and I was like word. I was like trying to be like <laughs> hip or cool and ironic, and now it's like, oh no, that's now my language. Word. <laughs> like it's, Humans are lazy as fuck, dude. We just want to find like the the one thing that like works for so many things. Fuck is a great example of that. Word is working its way to fuck, but it's not ever going to get to fuck. There's so many more definitions of fuck than there is for word, you know? Word. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Well, should we keep up the stories, man? <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just I keep guess. it on me, dude. Just do the rest of the show where you're just looking at me while I'm drinking. Um, talking, guys. <laughs> let's work. I just told Joel I know how to do this. Joel, as soon as I started games. on the word, he was just like, yeah, dude, I can go pee. And Casey's like, I've been I was about to say, time, can dude. I kiss Casey's ass for a second? Then he was gone. I'm like, oh, well, I'll- he'll be back. As soon as he comes in, actually, it'll be okay, better. Wait, no, let's him. make it packed right now, Eddie. As soon as Casey sits back down, no matter what we're talking about, okay, it could be a me talking about my relationship with my grandmother. If I am deep about it, it doesn't matter. Cut me off as soon as that man sits down. You give him his flowers immediately. Okay. All right, let's just All give. It, let's just. Let's just shower him and see what he does, dude. Because he's gonna, he's gonna, he'll, he'll uh, probably have a probably just leave again. (laughs) He'll probably just stand up and walk away again, dude. I, I guarantee. I, I want (laughs) to, I really want to see what he would do though. Like as soon as he sits down, we're just like, Casey Howard's the best, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like kind of rude to you too to make it even more like drastic. Like, yeah, that's like like, like, whatever you're saying. Who gives a shit about your fucking kids, dude? Casey Howard, dude? <laughs> yeah. I want that to be like, <laughs> like that, like, dude. Totally. I just want to see his eyes go, what? What the fuck's going on right now? <laughs> well, now I want him to... These guys are peeing a long time. All right, either way. It's... it's uh, Are we in Vital Remains? Uh, right. Yeah, okay. I don't right. know where we left it. Uh, I think I was going... I was talking about like fucking up. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Whenever you fuck up and you're just like blasting and kind of like, uh, I'm, this isn't right. And some bands are like, in my opinion, if the drummer fucks up, the guitar should like, it's easier for the guitarist to go, oh, he went to that part, than for me to go, oh, he went to the part instead of the part. Like it all sounds like when you're going like, 
you got your sound waves, you're thinking about the riff that you had, where did it go wrong? Where are we at now? And you're like, oh fuck. If they would just go to where you go, that fucking make a lot of sense. Yeah. But uh Vital Remains isn't one of those bands. He just looks at you, cusses you out, screams at you, and you're just like, fuck, this uh, sucks. <laughs> it's um we've had those discussions many times. Dude, getting lost on stage is the worst, worst feeling. Yeah. It is the big it's the biggest nightmare, dude. Can I can I stop you right there? Because you're kind of boring the shit out of me with that story. Um, Sorry, dude. Casey, can I kiss your ass for a second, man? Just want to say, can you hear me? Oh Casey? yes. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. I want to say <laughs> when you joined Decrepit, that was fucking amazing. I was definitely like, who's who's this fucking guy? Oh, and that's how I heard about Odious. Uh, Thanks, dude. And another quick question: Did you write guitar at all on the first album you were with? On the carpet, because you play it had that odious sound. Oh, on like, diminishing. Yes. No. Okay. Which one, Joseph? Yes. No. Yes, diminishing. The first one you performed on. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I wrote. Um, I think I wrote a song on that. What was it? Uh, dimensions intertwined. Okay. That's I mean, the sound that? obviously changed dramatically, so I don't know if you had a part yeah. in that. But anyway, I'm just saying, like at that point in time. You were the dude, man. That, that was very cool shit. Oh, thanks, I dude. did get to see you play in Worcester cool. when I first joined Vital uh, on that Vader tour with the on guitar from Decapitated. Nice. Yeah, yeah, about? yeah. But uh, I wanted to say real quick, you brought that up about Decrepit, though. So the 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 change in sound from Decrepit, though, was all matte, though. Okay. Like that was Matt's like I, I mean, I, I'm really sure. And it was, it was like his vision. It was cool. It was like that was his whole deal. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I was like, oh, it was really interesting because it was like I I came in and like learned and time begins like like the drums like verbatim like as as best I could you know, and then Matt like wrote new shit and he's like okay learn like learn these drums and they're like completely different like I was mm -hmm. like oh okay wow but it wasn't like you know it's it's really interesting because it's like oh I was in the, you know so it's like but like yeah. I, I was basically playing what he wanted me to play, you know, and it was fun. It was, it was some next level shit, dude. And yeah, I, yeah. I saw you at that show. I was super impressed. Um, Thanks, appreciate I met it. Matt that, that day. And then uh, the summer slaughter tour with where I met Joel. Uh, that's when Samus was playing drums. So like, they were kind of like, Samus had just came along. Great. Like they were really juggling, like who the fuck's they gonna be or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, Samus had. We played some shows where he was playing bass for Good Horror. That's when I first met him. Yep. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Yo, that fucking dude's the shit." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. It looks goofy to me." <laughs> and then he came to a decrepit. I'm like, "Holy shit, that dude is legit as fuck." What a great guy. I mean, he's great. Dude, yeah, Casey, I would, I would, first of all, want to applaud Casey. I literally we made an experiment while you were gone because eddie wanted to you know give you uh, some praise and i know how you take praise on this show so well he's like mike you, gilbert he, he takes it like mike gilbert yeah so but so i we had set up a thing while you were gone i said no matter what we're talking about dude as soon as casey sits down just start 
showering him with your compliments, <laughs> dude. Really? Yeah. And, think... and and I said it doesn't uh, matter what we're talking about. If I'm talking about my kids, just tell me to shut the fuck up about my kids or whatever. <laughs> I heard and you praise me. About and, and actually, Eddie did it very naturally, dude. I don't remember how it went down, but I love how it went down. It did. It came out very natural and. He yeah, was he's just like, so shut up. Whatever you're talking about is boring, dude. So, Casey. Um... <laughs> no, I was kind of like, what's going on? Right now? That, was the, that was the point, too, is to make you like throw off. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it all laid out perfect for <laughs> the good, listeners yeah. and watchers, dude. I, I, I wanted right? that to happen. And actually, Casey, no, you handled it as well as I've ever seen you do on this show, dude. So, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah, I'll give you. You're a fucking <laughs> badass, dude. We've always wanted you to know that. And you just got another. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. So, uh, so while injection you of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. The other thing I was going to say was talking to Matt about like what, what happened with Casey. It was like he said that you just felt like you weren't keeping up with the drummers of the time or something. Plus, you wanted to teach, which clearly you did. And I teach drums too now, also. So, uh, which is great. I love doing it. But yeah, I just remember him telling me that, just being like, dude, how can he not think that he's like, Keeping up with everybody, because you also had the aggressive style too, where it wasn't like controlled. Double Casey was keeping up with everyone. It was he was definitely no, keeping up with everyone. It was. I, I, I yeah, think I just got like tired of. Yeah, you got over it. Just kind of like, like tour. Never yeah. lost it, dude, for sure. Well, yeah, no, it was just like I got super burnt and like, um, like yeah, it's old I, practices back in the day. You're like they used to like be fun, and you were just kind of like you being having a good time. Then you're just kind of like this is like way well, too okay, much work so for like touring like. Touring is yeah. rough, you know, yeah. for, for, for like a band and like even, even a band of that size, like, you know, it's like we're we're coming up and we're doing our shit and it's like, you know, you're you're like roughing it, you know. And so like it was just like I kind of like I was like lonely and shit and just kind of like roughing it on the road. Yeah. It just wasn't for me, you know, like so, like the road is for some people. They can like have a job that lets them tour or whatever and they can go out and do their thing and they have like, a, you know, like a. A, like a partner that they're with and they're happy and they it's all good and they have a, a situation where they can go tour and it's no big deal i've yeah. never been able to like have that like it's always been like when i tour it's always like it's this kind of like chaotic like i i, I can't juggle like a good like a good job or like or yeah like life and yeah. touring like it's in lo a lot of people have that that's just, that, oh yeah that's, it's the majority of oh, people <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so that, that that's more what it was and like um but I love Matt and I love decrepit and it's all good. And you know, like we're, we're friends. We're most we're definitely. Friends. Yeah. Maybe like just have Matt on Joel's birthday yeah, episode. Yeah. Like I just saw last him. week. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Risha, by the way, we had a fucking blast with Risha this last weekend. Dude, Casey and I got to have some drinks with Risha and catch up with oh, him. He's so fucking fun, good doing so awesome, dude. He's a handsome, He's handsome man. Well, yeah, Risha. at his age, dude. I just want to give him that, dude. So shout out, Risha. One thing Risha does, and yeah, I will. I'll, you know, I love, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. His, he like commits to new styles. Mm -hmm. so he was like when well, i first met him he was a death metal guy i don't know i'm saying but, but they're always like they're always on the cutting edge because he's a good looking guy anyways so fuck him all right so um, um so he's like a, he's like he's hot to the women no matter what but he's yeah, like i changed my style i'm like oh, okay dude whatever but like it went from like 
to the death metal guy to kind of like the like newer like you know get his hair like you know like with like affliction shirts he looks then, like, like bruce wayne know, now yeah now uh, it was like literally it was like literally swarm i'd go to meet him at the bar like hey you'd be like, meet me at the bar and it'd just be like nine women around him i'm like cool dude why'd you yeah. have to change your style and then now he's like it's in like, a yeah, fucking three-piece suit everywhere he goes and he's like with like he's all what up dude but i'm just like dude you don't need more dude. it's gonna cause more problems <laughs> yeah, for you. Dude, that's just how, it's like that's like a woman being like it's like that's like that's like a fitness model being like dude i need to change my style and start showing more flesh yeah. or I don't. I need to get more get get more attention. I don't think like, he you're was already in a, you're at all. He was just dressed nice. Had a had a fucking. So you nice checking walk him out? On. Dude, he even got you, dude. He even got it you. It was dude. so fun, oh, dude. He totally pulled Anthony me and in. I, dude. <laughs> we had. A no, no, he's he's just yeah, a I'll very attractive man. Every time I hang out with him, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was like, dude, really? Like, come on. Like when, back when, like. I was like a fat like nobody. I'm like, dude, you don't need to change your style. <laughs> like, keep being death metal. Like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't get like hotter for the women. Like, I have zero. Why not? Just don't... <laughs> Why not? Nah. Nah, well, man, when you have zero, then kind of when you're a kid and you're you don't have any confidence, and then the guy around you is like, oh, cool, dude. I got nine over here. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry about the zero. <laughs> so Risha, Risha played yeah. bass and decrepit up until what year? It was like 2007 or eight and base on decrepit. It was 2000s. It was the Black Dahlia tour. On... Okay, that was the first. Oh, okay. So two. So the the I think it's January or February. I love Risha, by the way. I'm just joking. Oh, I'm Risha. Trying to give shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're a fucking stud, fucking go out and stud, dude. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But what if you're ugly and you're? Do you go out and ugly? I'm sorry, dude. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying Reese is a stud, and if he wants to go out and stud, he can stud. No, I know. That's no, he's I'm been saying. like it's like if you were a chick, he's like one of those chicks no, that like Italian, had his tits dude. out all the time and like they were all like, and you're another chick going like fuck that bitch, you know? Those kind of like I wasn't like that, but like you're it's so similar. far into this, dude. Can we just be like, oh, dude, he's a handsome man. He can go fucking. It's like Risha's like, family. yeah, that's it's it. Like, of course, I'm just trying like, to be funny. That was a funny re- bit. But you re- re- I know, but then he turned comedy ruiner. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Anthony is comedy cancer right now. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> you're a cancer whore, dude. By the way, let's take it back to our guest. <laughs> that oh, was. Yeah. Oh my god, that was. Oh, good wow, what a turn back around. Around. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, Okay, so we're back in 2006 now. Cancer whore. <laughs> we, uh, we created that term, so that was not when I googled cancer whore uh, in 2003 or whenever the fuck. It was mm-hmm. just like a CNN post of like blah 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 cancer da 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 whore highlighted. So now we're in the Urban Dictionary, and it basically means somebody who's entertained by disturbing things. Like Ooh. the example is like, "Hey, did you oh. hear that Casey was in a car accident?" I'm like, "That's funny. That's a cancer whore." <laughs> Casey, it's well, like, created, for me, cancer whore. Created a, uh, cancer, cancer whore would be like the one the the people that there's those people that fake having cancer or something to get a GoFundMe going. Have you heard of those people? Right. They're like. Oh, dude, I'm sick and go fund me. And they get like $20,000. And they're like, yeah. And then they find out they don't have cancer. They're just like milking that, like to get money. It's like, to me, if I were to make it up now, that would be a cancer whore. I have like a horrible, uh, terrible, terrible uh, joke. Like, if you actually have cancer, you should have like a cancer code. And so it's like, you know, Sorry, what's it? What's the, no, no, keep it going. Yeah, I love going, it. I love it. Like, it's it's terrible. You brought up the whole time. You brought up the concept of a oh, cancer like for, code, for so like, now I gotta know what it is. It's so bad. I'm such a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, I hate myself for Speak even up. starting. Ah, uh, dude, only like well, the, well for I mean, for I don't like the word cancer much. Like uh, the, that's why the band cancer. I'm just like ah, bummer. But yeah, if it's like right, cancer yeah. or something else, then I'm like, all right, well, I can get down dirty. with that. But that if it's like if it's just like cancer, logo, I'm just like, like dude, that name hurts tremendously. I mean, it was cancer because of the really emotion cool. that we yeah. stuck with it. Yeah. And it was like yeah, yeah. anytime I told anybody, it was like whoa. And uh, it actually yeah. formed from my guitarist when he was in middle school. There was and this is a fucked up story. I'm sorry, but uh, mm. described cancer Bring and like had a crush on him. So his friends got everyone together and voted on the best couple for the school newspaper. So everybody's picking on him and shit. And he's in the cafeteria and he's basically like, say it isn't true or whatever. And I guess he was going along. I don't know how. Basically, he, he stood up and said, shut up, you fucking cancer whore in front of the whole school. So that story well, kind of always like resonated. That's not as like, bad as I thought, because I thought you were going to be like, there was this whore. She had cancer, but she I mean, had to pay for the cancer. Right. Like bills with whoring and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's been many theories over the years. That's the real one. And then we probably probably should, where I've been this whole time was like a cancer whore would be like a prostitute has to fund her cancer treatment with. Uh, it's like a really shitty Breaking Bad. Brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's got cancer, yeah. or he's it's got, like a yeah. show he's no one wants meth. to watch. Which <laughs> I, like, I just finished. Oh, out. <laughs> it's like you'd be like watching it, going like, oh, like uh, just to fund the treatment through prostitution. Anyways. Anyway, uh, uh, ah. <laughs> that's some dark shit. This is dark <laughs> on the whole podcast. I love it. Well, um, first of all, it, these jokes are uh, we see till jokes. Ah, we're good, Casey. Yeah. Everything, yeah. the world is fine. Everybody's yeah. fine. We're all good. Death metal is like a a, a world of yeah, you know, like that's what, one thing about a lot of people don't understand. With uh, I mean, that aren't into death metals. Like when you're younger, it was. I mean just trying to like gross each other out with like because the music was gross so we're just like right. oh yeah. dude it's called like undulating piss fucking you know like aids <laughs> and, you're still, like, and you'd be like whoa dude this shit must be brutal but like when people just like they're listening to like pop music then like undulating piss aids like what the it's fuck just so is wrong with you? It's like, empathy is involved in this extreme style of music that we play it's like a big like, inside joke like, with everyone oh dude and i'm yeah. like the same way i'm like ah oh, i don't want to uh like offend anybody blah, blah, blah. but at the same time it's just like dude we fucking play like such an extreme aggressive style but it's of music. like there's smiles though with it and there's fun with it that's why i think yeah. that like, yeah. when you get more gory and stuff it's yeah. like it's kind of funny between you you when you see like an you know you're on tour with bands or something you're just like look at their record you're like damn dude that's yeah. like your reaction it's not like what the fuck? It's more like, oh shit! <laughs> like yeah, you guys are going yeah. hard, you know. So that's you have to get into that genre to even understand it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting that like it becomes so easy for me to just. And like, again, when I was just saying that, I was like, now I I actually do. The, I'll take offending people over like well, other things as well. I like weighed that against that. Too. It's okay I'll, to like laugh I'll at like crazy it. fucked up shit and just be like, well, like a, like like a horror movie, you know. It doesn't mean you're like, yeah, we should go out and like do we that. Do this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's just, you're just like, well, you're entertained. You know, it's like, I, I am the type of guy that is like, yeah, I'll say the more stuff. offensive thing for a laugh, though, too, when I'm around a certain amount of people, you know, like, yeah, yeah. There was definitely offensive things that were said last weekend that 
I remember that. I don't know if you guys remember on the pod or just the party. No, no, no. At the engagement party, (laughs) my my beautiful Uh, engagement party. Yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) No, it was fun. You guys were no, but it was all in good fun. It was all in good fun. No, I'm not saying anything crazy. It's like shocking. It's like shocking. You talk talk when there's no microphone in front of your mouth and you're not putting out in front of the internet the whole world you might say a little more racy or well, stuff. It's like, I think getting older you start realizing like i mean should i be wearing an amputated genital shirt from a nine-year-old i know dude that's <laughs> what i'm saying dude like and we're dancing around what we talk about out well, it's, also, it's our world. it's our specific sense of humor it's like of trying to like it, it also comes from the co- comedians we love. Like, I mean, dude, just dropping I mean, a bomb and just being like, oh, fuck. But if it's between, like, you're just hanging out and you say it, and it's like not, there's like the moms right there that you're making fun of, or, you know, or the grandma, or you say something terrible, but it's like a, it's like a little joke where you're just like, Jesus, dude. Like, it's like, not only that, you know, dude, it's funny because I know you, but it wouldn't be funny if, like, you just went up to a stranger and we're just like, it's like dropping a bomb on something. We're and talking- they're like, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just like finishing this thought, which is like the 90s and the nostalgia and the parental advisory and all that shit was like, oh, you can't fucking say this, this is this and that. And and now we're at that again, dude. But it's just like we all say certain things like there's so many like lines we're crossing with death metal like and then we like are dancing around it because like dude even like uh ymh or all these other podcasts that are going on within a certain amount of time of the of starting the podcast they can't say x amount of things you can't say r-a-p with a E at the end. You can't say it, you know things that were e- ever related to those words. Now, I watch a lot of like uh criminal podcasts and, or pr- criminal shows and stuff, and they're like they'll they'll blank out sex and they'll so blank out many podcasts like, things and now stuff, they don't want. They're scared about the future, though. They're scared about the future, though. They're scared about the what's algorithm and yeah, because yeah. of all these things that are just like set into play now that when certain words are said within a certain amount of time or this this and that like there's so many there's so much paranoia now and i'm that's what's cool about death metal though going back to what your your main point probably is like well death metal like especially like the gore grind and shit was just like fucking puke genital fucking fart pussy piss <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. it's just trying to get like all the words out in one song name like, just like Fuck, penis <laughs> with kill your mother rape your dog i was trying to yeah, yeah. spell that word out earlier but i'm gonna say it. kill your mother rape your dog <laughs> i you remember know? yeah what, that was what, what kind of views are we looking for on this well that's that was yeah. the, the, the that was the funny part about it was just like the worst two things you could say in a song it's like yeah just like kill your mother rip your dog. You, like, every single like, person but i hear that and i'm like oh yeah that's a sick song, that's a sick song. loves their like, mother and they would yeah, never yeah, yeah. rape their dog <laughs> you know <laughs> never. So, even like uh, recently so my night spake we got the label on the thing that's my current black metal band that I'm fucking with. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just now kind of getting started. They've been around forever, but we kind of revamped the band. But uh, mm-hmm. we just played the Good Horror I Hate God 
run that they had. Oh, oh so yeah. like I teach drums now and it's like my first big show kind of since people knew who I am around here and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you should come see Ben. I hate God and God whore. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, those are two band yeah. names to me. Yeah. They aren't like, they aren't statements to me at all. Like if you tell that to random people, like it's like, I hate God and God whore. <laughs> they're just like, when they're I hear like what the whore, fuck? I'm like, I mean? like oh, those dude, are two I'm bands. Yeah, I know the bands. Ben from <laughs> Soylent Green's black metal band, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it was originally. I was like, oh shit, God whore? Ben from Soylent Green? Well, yeah, but I mean like, yeah. I'm talking about like people that teach and shit. And it's like random. Yeah, yeah. You're wearing a people. goat whore shirt or like a fucking like a, they, they still a dying fetus. I mean, even with uh with uh Osa, my fiance, like we went to a dying fetus show with, and she's all dying fetus. Like, yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's a fucking sick like heavy band. Oh yeah. Uh, it's death the metal. Like, yeah. like it's not, like, it's not. The name doesn't hit with us like it does. Yeah, I remember seeing when I was a kid. I was at a, I was yeah. year two thousand two or one, maybe two thousand. I went to an Ozfest and I was like Soulfly was playing or something. And I remember seeing a dude stand in the pit with a dying fetus shirt on. I knew who they were, but a guy with that shirt on to me was like, "Damn, you wore that on public? You're That's so fucking hard nuts! Hard you are." out of your fucking mind he's like a buff dude with a dying fetus shirt on i was like i am staying the fuck away from that guy it's like what's kind of like for dudes we're just kind of like all right well it's tough you know like yeah. you know it's kind of like a toughness but in reality it's like it doesn't it becomes like just a corn a shirt wouldn't scare thing. you a dying fetus shirt a love you. thing there's <laughs> i think that like after all these years of being a part of this it's never been about being tough yeah, shut the it's fuck been up. About when you were a kid. Falling in love. I've fallen in love with so many bands. Oh my god. Dude, you're I know, so full of shit. I know I'm being so fucking when you were a kid, you're falling in love and you didn't think anything that I was we heard. Falling was in love with all I fell in love with Spawn of Possession. The dying I fetus? fell in love with Psychrock. <laughs> and then it's coming yeah. Kill your mother, rape your dog. You're just like, I fell in Dude, love when I heard that like, song. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I fell in love with Kill Your Mother, Rape Your Dog. You're all that's hard as shit, dude. I mean, if you guys think about it, when you fall in love with a chick, you you only think about her. When you fall in love with death metal, you only think about death metal, dude. Well, you know, I know what I'm saying. It's like you need that. It, it you need doesn't that matter into if the thing. you have a chick during those times. You have your homies and you have the music. It's it's nerd shit, but it, at the same time, it's true. We were in love with something. No, I mean that's. Kind of what's weird to me is uh, with the cancer horse stuff, like those guys were there when I got inspired to be a death metal dude or whatever, but then they dropped off and like you just see everyone kind of dropping off. It's like, y'all not still feel the fucking like, was that bullshit? <laughs> like, how could you yeah. feel that? Like, we're talking about when we saw Origin the first time or like first time I saw Derek Roddy with Hate Eternal. It's like, dude, that was a big mm. fucking moment for me. Yeah, yeah. And it, Super I, big. It resonated. Like, I was different from that yes. point on. So yeah. then I see everybody else like, well, I got a girlfriend now. I'm just fucking not into it. So it's kind of like, man, you suck. <laughs> I mean, now if you're older, I'm talking about like motherfuckers when they're 23 being like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, she doesn't yeah. like it, so I'm done. It's like at, at that fun. prime I mean, time, I think chicks were still important, but death metal actually was above this chick is at that time. Big right here too. This is like it's kind of like even. Uh, what's it called of uh, this comment uh, from Ian? It's like, it doesn't mean dying fetus. It's like, as soon as we're born, 
That's why they came with the name, that they become a dying fetus. It's not like an actual fetus yeah. that they want to die. It's like a it's like a name. And same with even Decrepit Birth with talking to Bill and stuff, being in that band for a while and talking to Matt. It's like same concept. Just like it's like about the world around you kind of dying. It's like dying. A, it's actually kind of the same thing. Dying, <laughs> dying fetus. <laughs> dying fetus like, is the opposite of Decrepit Birth. <laughs> Well, the oh, yeah. birth is like yeah. being born old, dude. <laughs> well, there was just, I mean, I think that's what Matt told me and when he like came up with the name was like, it's just like born into a world and where the world is dying. So it's like, it's like a birth in which like you're, it's decrepit. You get here and you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like a planet it's that's a, dying or something. Like, it's not like, planet. oh, a decrepit, like a shitty birth. It's not like trying to be like so some shitty birth or a dying know. fetus. Benjamin Button. That yeah, 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 exactly. It could be like that. It could totally be like Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Button. Um, but I see it the way that Joel just put it out, like, you're born into something that's already decrepit and that's all it is away but you can all i don't look at i think we're the best time we're humanity the best, man. ever seen dude we're not withering away yet i think we're still i know it's like the it's we're the, on the exponential increase but eventually we're gonna hit a fucking ceiling and then things are gonna either completely stop when we hit it or yeah. it's gonna dwindle away after that no i know I, I mean we'll yeah, just I think be it's another a... civilization that happened on this planet you know? yeah yeah i just think like when they came up with it it wasn't i mean it sounds brutal but it, the meaning behind it like if you were to tell it to the name to someone that's kind of just like <laughs> i know dude we're getting older every sentence dude i know yeah, exponentially fucking... <laughs> i did get older while saying that sentence dude, i'm 39 but, now sorry to anyone that's older, but oh, I geez. am 39. Joel, you're a baby. Shit, I'm still 38. You're a baby. I know, I know. So, so it means I'm here. So, sh so shush when I talk to you. Shush. I was I'm there. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I was there. But uh, hey, Eddie, did we get into uh, when I took that long piss? Did, were we? In, did we get to Summer Slaughter? Because that was, I just saw we were Summer on the Animals Slaughter. Leaders tour with us, right? Wasn't that yeah, the yeah. tour? No, we didn't talk yeah, about that. I just and saw them. I just saw them. No, I just saw. Oh fuck! I got the. Okay, we'll wrap it up pretty soon. Um, so I just saw Animals Leaders play at Dream Theater in Devon Townsend at a sold out humongous show, and I remember like it was like Vital Remains, uh, Animals Leaders, uh, Carnifex, and like uh, and then Decrepit. But like I remember going up to Animals because they were just practicing the whole time, and the you you saw that in the jam room they were just like constantly practicing. Yeah, I was just telling them like, dude, you guys are gonna be headlining this in like a year or two because everyone was there to see them. Um, how did you just to kind of wrap things up because I know migraines fucking suck. Um, how how was that tour for you? How how was that on the perspective of your other tours? Okay, <clears throat> as far as the animals thing, I actually. It kind of bothered me the way, and it's not Tosin's fault, but like the way yeah. everyone just like idolized him. Like he'd be in the back shredding, and everybody's just like, "You're you're the god, dude." He'd be like the, yeah, the yeah. whole, which he's he's great, but I was like, "Damn, just chill out." <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they anyway, practice uh, for like eight hours, though. They'd practice like insane. a whole time. Stopped. Yeah, it never but, stopped. So you mentioned the first day of school. You were talking about some shit earlier, like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. And it brought mm -hmm. me back to Summer Slaughter because. So we're in New England, 
we had a shitty headlining tour all the way to, I think it started in Seattle, that, that tour. So we had like mm-hmm. a 10 day run of just like bad shows. And like, mm-hmm. I remember finally getting there and just being so stoked. Like all the people. San Diego was the first show, right? San Diego. I think it was the first summer slaughter show. Was it San Diego? Yeah, I think it was at the Soma. Cause I remember being freaked, I remember being freaked out and having like toast and everyone like, all right, fucking do okay, your are you music. Enough? That's your, that's your head over there. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I remember basically meeting you, you guys in Safali, mm-hmm. all the weed heads basically. It was like me, decrepit, Safali, and then everybody else is kind of like, that was our group. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I was like hiding every time. Like I wasn't allowed to smoke and stuff. But at that point I was like, man, fuck it. I'm, I play better when I smoke. Yeah. So mm-hmm, I just sneak mm-hmm. off and, uh, Lindsay actually named me Machete Eddie on that tour. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. He kept calling me Machete. And then I was like, oh, shit. I never realized Eddie was in Machete. And then uh, after I came back home, I started doing Metal Monday. So Machete Eddie's Metal Monday. Mm-hmm. Did that for like six years, so the name just stuck. But uh, yeah, I got that from him. Kind of cool. Damn. Damn. I don't know if he knows that or not, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, he he constantly just talks and just says like the funniest shit constantly. Like, I saw him last year at a Psycho Fest, and he just like, I there's so many lines he told me that were just just like you could hold on to him forever. They were yeah. just like, but he's just like in passing, like, hey, fucking blah blah blah. You're like, what the fuck? That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. All right, see you later. <laughs> like, but uh, get it. But um, no, but I mean, uh, just that tour overall. Like you had a for sure. That was, um that was it's a, it's a highlight of my life for sure that um we did a cannibal corpse dying fetus devourment tour right after that and then that yeah. was it for me for, for vital so that was yeah, the tail yeah, end yeah. uh when i was hanging out with you and stuff i had been button heads with the band for like a year at that point. yeah, so yeah. I, I was in a real mental place uh but super i mean i'm still a fan so to, i enjoyed opening up just kind of getting to set my kid up early play get done uh i'd usually miss animals i'd catch part of carnifex carnifex reference set and then you guys mm-hmm. would go on and then cephalic mm-hmm. would go on so to me it was like i never missed y'all set ever but the okay. whole tour and then uh i rarely got to catch decapitated because we usually were just driving to the next town yeah but, uh, that was a huge deal and also like it was humbling because uh you know i'm supposed to be like the fast guy and my double bass, I had shitty pedals. They were just shy. Mm. But I was just like, man, I'm really struggling with my double bass. And even Velomaya's drummer, uh, Sam Apple Bomb or whatever, yes. yeah, he, yeah, he had yeah. quick feet. I'm like, dude, shit. <laughs> I'm used to yeah, playing these yeah. shitty bars where you can't hear my double bass. And now I'm like, oh, damn, huge PA. People know the songs. Everyone's a beast. I was just like, damn. Because that was like a – they did the uh, – sick drummer did the – Drummer slaughter thing because every drummer was just so sick. Krem from the Captive, Samus, oh, right, yeah, John Merriman, like fucking Naveen, Vanmul. It was like insane. So uh, that's it, right. No, no, it was just a drummer. hot pot of fucking drummers for In sure. Sh- I think that was uh John Merriman's right last tour with so Cephalic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he actually after that he was done. I ran to Lindsay at CIM the following mm-hmm. year. And he asked me to try out. And uh, I was just so mentally fucked up. I just didn't think I was ready to jump back in. And then uh, also I got asked for devourment, but my baby was being born that month. So I had to pass that. 
And then once you get, yeah. once you say no a couple of times, the offers kind of quit coming. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But uh, those are the two big bands where I was like, damn, you know, maybe I should have tried this or that, but I was, I needed to heal, you know, having kids helped me out yeah. a lot for sure. How many kids you got? Two. Yeah. Nine and 12. Ages. Nine, twelve. Nine, twelve. Two yeah. girls. Yeah. Well, uh, Eddie, I know Eddie's right in the eye almost, dude. Eddie's getting the the brutal migraines. So, it is bad. Uh, I, I could talk yeah, to you yeah. guys for fucking ever, and I, I hope we can do it again because I got. Yeah, let's do it again, man. Hey, no, I, I get. It. I, I know those. Even for those, you know, those ocular migraines, I like call. I've had them once or twice working at my new job, and I'm just like, I gotta go. I cannot do this anymore like yeah, it's I took off work today and just laid in bed the whole day trying to prepare for this but i still feel like shit. yeah man well fuck well thanks for coming on dude i yeah, mean fuck. there's Thank you guys man. had such a great time to touring with you and you were fucking always cool and we always got along and um you always fucking actually to be honest with you what i remember about summer slaughter to, to kind of wrap this up is um i remember like fucking you getting like a ton of people around you people were like oh fuck. like people were like damn fuck yeah like people like knew who you were and that's um a testament to you because i had no idea who you were you know i was like who the fuck is this guy i was like this so, guy like literally every show you'd have people just going like what the fuck Eddie? you know like people were like like into you there was like a fanboy shit with you i i think i'm like the most popular not famous drummer because i was on like no albums i was always the live guy so I was yeah, getting yeah. around and I was being social and I never drove. So I'll just sleep, mm. get to the venue, look for weed and just be, be the cool guy. That's really a, that Pantera lifestyle, like vulgar videos. You're just, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just a cool guy hanging out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Bob, yeah. Like you're just, you know, and, and I was, I was living it at that time. I mean, I was living out of a suitcase. You know, I didn't have anything else. So, I mean, it yeah. was a, I didn't know that that was going to be the, the plateau kind of ended up being you know but hey well, we'll see man i mean I, I know that you have kids and stuff so i don't know if you can like really i mean unless the the band paid it's enough it's probably, well, you know, or, uh, I, I have some offers it's this year has been kind of a rejuvenation for me like i moved to a new city uh started my youtube channel kind of going dude yeah i am and i'm doing it for the love of it i'll i have those moments where i'm like man it's hard to get views or whatever but we'll set up the uh twitch thing man you should do a live thing where you're playing mm -hmm. drums and people are watching you and talking to you and stuff and that's you know jesus that's so many um, yeah and a lot of people they'll make a lot of good money just like hanging out and people give them tips or whatever and they're what do you want me to play play this but and you play it and people are like fuck yeah and give you like a little tip you know it's kind of a cool um avenue for especially for you because a lot of people know you so i'm like that should and you can joke around and well you know have your personality yeah, on there too considered it just from you guys starting to do it i was unaware of twitch really until i saw you guys doing it but yeah, uh get up ian, ian yeah. will help you you could do a help with do a little start off with sick drummer or something and then like get your get your uh channel off like launched off and stuff and then uh i mean since ian's watching yeah, I, honestly, I've been doing more videos of other bands lately. If you go to my YouTube mm. channel, it's kind of like flooded with other bands. Yeah. Uh, so I can probably send him some cool shit. Uh, cool. Maybe I'll you just guys get in touch. Email him. Not, not necessarily me, but of just like through the eyes of the dead just came through. I got the audio board mixed from it with sick drum footage. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to know the sound guys around town. So now I'm like getting good audio from my shit. So I'm pretty sure oh, I can yeah. get, send him some decent stuff too. Well, cool, man. I feel like uh, you with the family and stuff, that'd be a cool 
outlet to play music. You know, there's Robin we just talked to in Australia, who uh, you know we, we toured with when he was with uh, Amenta, and he did uh, Augury as well. Like he learned the songs in a day, and then had to tour because like their drummer couldn't make it, and had to like he found out he could learn songs really quick, and just started doing that. Um, his name's Robin Stone. Oh, I know, dude, he is sick, dude. No, 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 no. He we toured with them back in the day, and like he was just the drummer of Amenta, and then I, I saw that he, tour. Yeah, and he and flew he flew down, and then all of a sudden, like the Augury guy was like, "I can't make it," and he's like, "Well, these guys are my ride. Like Augury is part of my ride, so I'm gonna learn the songs yeah. and learned like." Literally, I don't think there there was maybe one day off from Augury, and he learned all the songs in that time, their That's whole crazy. set, and then he just did it, and because he knew that, that was, and then he was like, "Oh, I have a talent for like learning music," and then just started recording for bands that are hitting him up. So it's like there's 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 cool ways um, to make music, especially if you have a family and stuff. If you're like you know committed to it and you want to do it, it's, there's a lot of things that have opened my eyes with this podcast of like people that have found an outlet besides touring that you can like right. be around your family and still yeah. blast your ass off you know so i don't know there's totally. a bunch of stuff out there but uh sure. again dude i see i know i i feel your pain right now <laughs> i can tell in your face <laughs> uh, uh, i can yeah, see dude, it let's wrap this up guys we're all tired we need to go to bed we're old men yeah yeah all right all so right. fucking battle forge coffee, <laughs> yeah, battle forge coffee. yeah fuck Rocking yeah and shit. dude yeah, dude. Again, Eddie, thanks for coming on, dude. You're fucking awesome. I love you, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I'm wearing that comfy t-shirt that I was talking about last week, dude. It's very comfortable. I'm going to go to sleep. You know what? There. Maybe next payday, I should get me a goddamn Battleforce. I mean, coffee. dude, it's a yeah, good... Yeah. It's about time. They're, they're like, we should start being like... Good. Our our, our no endorsement should be just like, we should send a bag to the guy that's on the podcast. That should be yeah, your you should start, start today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's gonna be like, uh, I did have the coffee too. Either yeah. way, dude, Battle Forge coffee is good shit, dude. And Cali Death Podcast.bigcartel.com. I got it out. That's where you get our t shirts. Um also generator rehearsal studios. We missed that in the beginning. I fucking forgot so. that one in the beginning again, dude. God damn it. Oceanside. Oceanside, right? Oh, he's got a fucking he's got it on his boob right there. I got I already did the thing in the beginning. Oh, you did? Okay. I snuck it Sorry, in. Sorry, dude. Oh, side's Casey's like, dude, I promote it. He's a stole. This is a secret promotion. <laughs> <laughs> ben doesn't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, get merch and stuff. Cali Death Podcast, yeah. the cartel. Follow us. Go to Twitch. Go to all the cool places that everybody think is cool. Machete Eddie Eddie Hoffman. Go follow him if you are. Okay, Eddie Hoffman. Already. You do, you do drum? Do you do remote drum uh lessons, or you just do uh in person? I haven't done that yet. It seems that that'd be difficult. Um, yeah. Touch base on that real quick. So basically, like guitar center, they let me do my own curriculum. So mm -hmm. I'm not like a, I'm not the professor, you know. I didn't go to college for the shit. Like I'm not. I wasn't on drumline. I start off with blast beats, but my but I like you know my dad, my brother. Like I've been playing live or been in the live scene since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's what I start. I just teach them like bulls on parade. Fucking, I got a couple like easy drum fills that, but I, I play bass with them. Everything I teach, I play with them. And I think you do the same Go thing. Go to feel the rhythm with them. Yeah. 
it's important. That's cool. And I've had students that have been taking lessons for like a year and they had never looped a beat. They just read dun, 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 dun. done. Boom, 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 cat, boom, boom, done. I'm like, dude, you gotta fucking loop them. It's all it's all one bar. Done. It's like a drug <laughs> seeing these little like skinny white kids are just nerdy, like, I don't know anything about drums. And then 30 minutes later, they're leaving, like, whoa, that was the shit. Like, it's such yeah. a good feeling. And they always leave yeah. with the shit. And it's just, I love new students, man. It's like my favorite fucking thing. Hell yeah. So well, really cool. I think up. maybe you should. I mean, two things for you. I would say the 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 Twitch thing, and then if you get like a cool camera setup, there's a lot of drummers that we've talked to that do remote <laughs> lessons and stuff. You can figure out a cool way to do that and do like some tests with people yeah. that are local to see if it like sounds good. For sure. And then just like fucking, that'd be rad, dude. I feel like I, you got I'm, the skills. Might as well just fucking show them off for I'm help. Slowly people. growing my shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have like an easy right down down recording setup, and I'm just it's time to fucking upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck yeah, brother. Good right shit. On, guys. Casey, you're Another episode 141. I love you. I love you. We didn't get to tap into our little experience in Shreveport, but maybe next time. Part two. Yeah, yeah. It's all good, man. <laughs> we'll get there. No doubt. Right, and um, we will see you guys next week. We've plugged everything else. Rock on. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.